Ridiculous, oh huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, because here was my thing. I, we woke up early to record today. Yeah. And I didn't want him waltzing out like an hour into us recording, demanding breakfast and to go outside. Of course. Yeah. Talking about my dog, guys. Um, That's but It's just hilarious that he – was he like – like he wouldn't get up? He would not get up. And usually he's the one to wake me up. Oh, my gosh. But <laughs> I i mean, I was up kind of late last night. So I don't know if he just like didn't fall asleep. I mean, he was like curled up next to me the whole time. But usually he wakes me up before seven on his own, like just because so he's a dog. Funny. But I could not get him out of bed. Like I got up and started like brewing the coffee and like getting his food ready and all that. And I was like calling him and I walked back to the bedroom and he's like still all curled up on the bed. Like, just staring oh at me from gosh. the darkness. And I was like, you're a dog. Don't you get excited to get up the second you hear food being prepared? What is What a hard life he has. I know. So I, like, had to force him to eat his homemade breakfast and go outside and wander and go to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and now he's, like, asleep on the disc chair that's on the other side of my computer. So I have a blanket over him, and I'm hoping that he's not paying attention to, like, the window in the road so he doesn't <laughs> bark when the yard guy gets here. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. I know. So, good night in, everybody. Aveth, good night in. It's truly morning for us. Yes, it is. Listen, oh. we love you guys so much. We set our alarms for before 7 a.m. to get our butts up and record this episode for you before yeah. Ashley's work day just drains her. Yeah, I mean, it. It won't be – it's just going to be a busy week. So, um, like, I have meetings today and I have yeah. an event that I've got to prep for, a virtual event. <laughs> um, yes. Everything so we like, well, it's either tomorrow afternoon after all of my meetings because mm-hmm. I'm having all of my meetings back to back to back tomorrow or it's this morning – at the crack of dawn. So that's what we're doing. And we opted for the crack of dawn. So yeah. bear with us. I don't plan to edit out every yawn. So <laughs> I know. I'm going to – speaking of yawns, um, I'm going to be utilizing the mute button a lot probably for mine. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yes. Hosh Geldin. Welcome to Dizzy for DZ. I'm Yay. Kristen. I'm Ashley. And I just want to give a quick hello to all of our new followers since last Wednesday. Um, we got, I mentioned this on our Bayanlish episode that we just, uh, released, but I wanted to say, uh, a merhaba and welcome to all of our new, uh, followers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week, um, a couple of videos that I had posted while watching this episode of Senchal Kappa Malive, uh, were shared by a small handful of kind of big accounts and, uh, it brought us an influx of new friends. So, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I've gotten several messages <laughs> since that Wednesday asking when this particular episode would be out, and we are finally getting it to you. So, <laughs> I I mean, it's a big episode, so it I is. I can't yeah. say I blame them. I can't. Yeah, I can't even like blame them for being excited. We're excited, and there's clearly a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. So we have um, just a couple of things. We have a handful of theories that I'll go over uh, as we get to those portions of the episode. Um, And I was like, what the heck? I don't know why I didn't notice this before. I don't know if this has actually been said before, 
I remember someone a few episodes ago had pointed out like name meanings of some of the characters. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I realized like so many of them sound alike and a lot of them are based on the moon. Like I we have an I done, which means from the moon. Mm. We have an I fair, which means moonlight. And I soon, which I think is just moon or like of the moon or um I soon we we learned that name from the fragment for next episode. Mm-hmm. Um but I was just like, what's with all these I names? Like a, they all begin with an A and a Y. And I was like, oh, A-Y is moon. So just funny because, of course, obviously we know stars are like a big theme. So I just was like – I wrote that because I wanted to point it out because it like popped into my head yeah. at, at some point while I was watching. So hmm. just – Interesting. Yeah. So anyhow, um, should we just dive right into this extra extravaganza as I called it? <laughs> yeah. I think we'd better because of we're – We'll never get through it otherwise. I know. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, we've got Celine giving Serkan an offer he definitely can refuse. <laughs> Amen, uh, sister. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't say anything after she gives her whole speech. And because he sees Eda and she's like, well, I'll give you two days to give me your answer. So, Listen, ladies, if you have <laughs> if you have to tell a guy he has two days to answer you about whether or not he wants to be with you, like, he probably doesn't want to be with you. Probably. Just but saying. If you're yeah. this sure and he needs two days or more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has said things to her that would imply that he might say yes. So. Well, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, so Eda kind of distracts Ferry Ferry for a minute. Uh, They go get coffee and then bring it out. And I was like, there were so many moments in this episode where I was just blown away by Mm -hmm. Zarkhan's blatant obviousness. And I have... I highlighted specific things that he said the entire episode, too. Yes. That were like... Edda, hello. I know. Even if he doesn't really realize what he is, like, it could totally be a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. And in some senses, I think that it is self subconscious mm-hmm. of the stuff that he's saying. Sorry, if my words are not coming. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're both on <laughs> cup of coffee, early. number one. So, yeah. Um, but if it is, there is part of me that thinks that it is completely subconscious these things that he's saying Mm -hmm. but even if it is part of me is like edda girl you gotta wake up you gotta pay attention to the things that he is saying to you and i i kept thinking throughout this whole time they they both are saying and or showing things in their own way and Mm -hmm. it just it got me to thinking like really how important it is like to realize that we all – not to sound cheesy, but the best way I can think of to describe it is we all speak different love languages. And the way you're showing that you obviously care – like because they each think they're like putting it out there for the other one. Right. They each think they're making it obvious for the other one. But they're just speaking the wrong love language. Yes. Yeah. And because they're speaking what they want. Like mm-hmm. they're they're speaking the language that they want to be spoken and yeah. 
Yeah. So it's just like, oh, yeah. I just switched between like just freaking say exactly what you mean <laughs> and how can you – and switching from that to how can you not see what he or she is clearly showing you. Yeah. So. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So Eda and Farid come out and he immediately – Grabs her hand. Oh, in such a possessive manner. Yes. Like, that very much felt like taking a stand, the way mm-hmm. that he did that. And then she gives him a kiss on the cheek. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, these two. And just the look that he uh-huh. gives Celine as he grabs Edda's hand is – It's, like, defiant. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So Farid sees this exchange and he's like, why don't we go? God bless Farid, <laughs> at least in this particular situation. Yes. he can like He's like, let's let them do a couple things at their house. We'll just make a graceful exit. Even when Serkan's like, we'll walk you guys out. He's like, no need. We can yep. make it to the car. Peace out. See you <laughs> yeah. later. Exactly. And did you notice too, as they take a few steps forward while Ferry and uh, Celine are walking to the car, um, Serkan like yanks her close to his side. Like I did not notice. Okay, that. I didn't notice it until I watched yesterday, which was probably my third time watching it, and I was like, oh, he like kind of pulls her into his side as they're like waving goodbye. Of course he did. Uh huh. So he needs her close. Yeah, so. of course he does. So, yeah, then, of course, after they take off, she's like, I guess we should get ready to go, too. And then he's like, well, why'd you kiss me? Which I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, what? You completely possessed her before she even barely cheek kissed you, bro. Like, why do you Uh think she cheek kissed you? I know. know. But, of course, she's like, well, because it was clearly tense between you two and I had to do something to break that so that Farid wouldn't notice. Yeah. And I needed to distract him. And Serkan says, well, you distracted me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so she's like, well, why did why did you hold my hand? And in typical Serkan fashion, mm-hmm. he gives her a non-answer and says, we should go. Yep. <laughs> King of evasion. So Sorry. she's like, okay, I'll get my bag. Of course we can go. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing that. Meanwhile, do we want to just talk about uh, the Jiren and Ingen storyline all right here? Because I feel like we can kind of um, condense that right now. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. We can add in the Pearl stuff. Yes. So basically what happens with Jiren and Ingen this episode is he shows up at her work to visit her because he hasn't seen um, – he has not seen her yet. Now, I did not know – this until now. I didn't realize she was hiding the fact that like she was an heiress to this company or that this was her family's company. That was never super clear to me until this episode. Yeah, me either. And I don't know if it's just something that I didn't notice mm-hmm. when during their first meeting mm-hmm. or if she just – I have a feeling all she ever said was, I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And – but I – I'm trying to think of what I should have done is I should have gone back and rewatched their first conversation when they're walking on their first like friend date. Oh, that would have been. See. Yeah, because that probably would have been where this information would have come out. Either that or this is the first time she's actually saying, oh, I'm an intern. Okay. So 
I think it's possible that this is the first time she's like really hiding it. Okay. So basically he shows up. She freaks out because she's like, he doesn't know that like my dad runs this company, that I'm not just like some quote lowly intern. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, she's very concerned about that because she doesn't want him to think that she's just had everything handed to her, that she's not a hard worker. So she basically tells everyone like, follow my lead. Don't treat me like – you know, that yeah. I'm anything more than an intern. So this mm-hmm. goes on for a couple visits and um, it eventually leads to him finding out that yeah. she was lying because Pearl right. points something out about like her style and how expensive her accessories and things are that there's no way an intern could afford that. Mm-hmm. So he basically ends up Googling her, finds out that she's who she is. Yeah. And basically is like, I can't believe you lied to me. You know, that's not what friends do. And right. well, and he had been kind of groveling to her in Perot after the whole situation. So yeah. he's like he's like, I've <laughs> I I thought of what he said to Pearl at one point was funny. He's like, I've been acting like a donkey. I mean, I think we know what he meant. Yes. He's like he's like, but at least I've been an honest donkey. <laughs> that's one of the quotes I actually wrote down. That's funny that you pointed that one out. Um But yeah, so basically he winds up telling her like, listen, our friendship has consisted a lot of just constantly asking for forgiveness for things like Mm -hmm. after we're caught doing them, which that's not really like (laughs) forgiveness should come because you've confessed something that you feel sorry for and then you want forgiveness for it. So basically like I need some time is what it boils down to. Um, So that's essentially what happens with them. Things are like rocky between Mm -hmm. them and their friendship um, by the time this episode wraps up. So. Yep. um, So now that (laughs) – Yeah, we get a little um, snapshot that there's really pretty big money issues for iFair and for the florist shop. Fifi tells her that if things keep going the way they are, if she doesn't get some big clients, that she's going to end up bankrupt. So iFair really has to make some kind of decision or move – um, but her big thing is don't tell Ada. Yeah. So. Which I find so interesting because she's withholding this very, very important information from her mm-hmm. niece, but yet loses her dang mind when she finds that engagement contract later this episode. And then she's going to be holding something even bigger from her niece. Yep. So it, yeah, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, uh, so now we have... Uh, Edda and Serkan in the car. They're driving home from the mountain house. And mm-hmm. the mood is very um, – I had a word and now I can't think of it, but somber. Yes. So, you know, the the top's not down. There's no music playing. Mm-hmm. And even Serkan says, like, should I turn the radio on for you? And she's like, no. And she asks him – she asks – again – Again, where it's like, okay, his action said one thing, but I get you're just wanting him to actually flat out tell you. But he, she says to him, why did you not – like she basically makes it like clear. I did hear what Celine told you. Why didn't you just say yes to her? Are you having any hesitations? And he's like, well, what does it matter? Because all you want to do is get rid of me in a week anyway. Yeah. And he's like, are you having hesitations? And she's like, oh, maybe I should turn the radio on. (laughs) Yeah. And they both do like, well, why aren't you answering my question? Why aren't you Mm -hmm. answering my question? (laughs) 
So they turn the radio on, and she, or before she does that, she's like, "Okay, Sarkhan Bolat, like the next song that comes on is dedicated to you." Like, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, we're telling fortunes with music now." Okay, so they turn on, or she turns on the radio. Yeah, and what do you know? It is <laughs> our girl Bashak. Singing a song called Senchal Kapama uh-huh. <laughs> with very poignant lyrics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So one thing I found out this week because in another group, somebody posted an interview with Bashak. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that she, the one you shared? Yeah, because she was an exchange student in high school and came to Kansas. Oh, wow. For Yeah, for a while. And she's actually – fluent in English and um my dog is playing and growling in the background <laughs> if, if you hear her don't don't so, mind zuzu <laughs> yeah so um she she has like a background in musical theater and okay. singing so it's cool i think that they gave her this opportunity to sing this song i 100% agree and i love that i mean you know we have songs and things that are like written for shows that's a thing i know that um, and, you know, we even have, like, clearly Edda and Serkan's, like, song that plays every time there's, like, important moments between them. Right. Is clearly theirs. It's only been written for the show. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's just music. And so I love that we got a song that has lyrics. And, you know, of course, they're very pointed to their situation. And as the song's playing, they're both realizing that. And, you know, he we, we've got Serkan with one of his you know, signature secret smiles. Yes. Ed does doing the same thing. Like, because they're hearing words like, you know, you're you're born of noble blood and I'm just blossoming. Mm -hmm. Uh, What could it be? What would you say? Could you love me too? You've looked at me so charmingly. We started out with hate. I'm waiting for you to come and knock on my door, which I was like, finally, we have the meaning of the title of this show. Yes. Be And clearly the door is, you know, a her metaphor heart. for her heart. Yeah. But, you know, because I started to wonder like, okay, why is, like, why is this show called – Mm-hmm. Y- you know, you knock on my door, Senchal Kapama, mm-hmm. because it's not like it started out with either of them physically doing that. Right. Um, or anything like that. So I love that it's like, okay, we're getting a metaphor for the heart here. And so, you know, she's waiting for him to come and knock on this door. Um, you know, it talks about how you ran away from love immediately. And, you know, maybe we don't have an agreement. Okay. But if you fell in love with me too, like all these words are just, you can find the lyrics online. Yeah. Um, I'll if I remember, I'll post a link in the episode notes to the lyrics I found that are both in Turkish and English. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, so I just got very excited, and I didn't re- recognize it right away. But when I do watch, I just keep Shazam open on my phone so that I can ID the songs to add to our playlist. So when it pulled up a song called "Sensual Kapama," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Putteral!" Like I was very excited. Yeah. So that was a cool little moment. Yeah. So we get a, a really quick foreshadowing for Celine to have an ad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. As soon as she said her hair was greasy and they're like, oh, we'll recommend a product. I was like, all right, it's her turn. <laughs> yes. I thought maybe it was going to be Pantene this time since that seemed to work very well uh, for Esgi in Bayonne yeah. last, the last couple weeks. Yeah. But we're clearly a head and shoulders DZ over here. So. Yes, apparently so. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's Dran and Angan, but we already covered that. Mm-hmm. 
So then uh, she and Ferry have a quick cake tasting scene. And um, could she be any less interested in the planning of this wedding? I know it's really it's really pretty sad because she's like, I don't really care. You choose, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, I done needs to talk to me. <laughs> right. She can't sit with her fiance and choose cake. But the second Idon calls and is like, can you come over and have coffee? She's like, sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens over and over this episode. Mm-hmm. She keeps leaving Ferry to go quote, talk to Aidan. Mm-hmm. So, and we yeah. all know what that is code for. Absolutely. So, um, we switch back over to Serkan dropping Edda off mm-hmm. at her house. And he says um, that he's going to pick her up for work tomorrow. And she says, there's really no need. Yeah. Basically, I don't need to go into the office. I did – I fulfilled all those obligations. Like she got all the stuff over to the architect who's overseeing the big um, – uh, what is it they're building? Like a golf course? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, I got that over to Idol Hunnam. I fulfilled all of my contract obligations to you. Like Celine is like primed and ready for you guys to get back together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I – I don't need to. And he's like, there's a reason and I'll find one. Again. like So that that's my number one quote from him this episode. Just this episode. Mm-hmm. Is I'll that find is a reason? Like, yeah. That's sirens going off from yes. Serkan of, hello, pay attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yes. I keep track of all the Serkan sirens that blare yes. very loudly this episode. Yeah. So, I will find a reason is number one. Right. And she says, okay, well, when you find it, I guess call me. And he's like, okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. So, there's kind of a quick dinner at um, Edda's I- house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all the girls and Ifair. Ifair is kind of being snarky, asking about wedding dresses and all that kind of stuff. Um, and this, to me, is just kind of a conversation so that they can bring up her education. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're kind of upset at Ida for, a, quote, like, abandoning her dreams because of Serkan. They're like, you never thought of getting married until this guy came around and mm-hmm. now – you had used to have all these dreams and she's like no listen <laughs> i still have dreams and plans and i'm going to finish school and i'm going to go to italy and she is just pretty determined she's like if i can't get another scholarship i'm just going to go to a state school because mm-hmm. then i can afford it and they're all kind of like wow you sound like the old edda yeah and they're all happy for her and encouraging so this is kind of the first inkling we've had about her career in a while because, you know, other than the first episode or two, it's all kind of gone quiet because of the deal with Serkan. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So we also get, you know, because, of course, Erdem lives there. <laughs> so we he kind of, you know, puts in his little two cents about how marriage kills love and <laughs> and uh, – you know, he's trying, of course, to, like, impress Fifi. Uh-huh. And uh, Sweet Melo kind of is like, hey, listen, lean over very nonchalantly right now. And she basically is like, play hard to get. Like, don't mm-hmm. just hang on her every word. Don't constantly try to direct conversation to her. Um, and 
you know, so she's trying to give him good advice about how to actually get into Fifi's graces. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was funny. But yeah. And then I like how Fifi too, you know, because Melo brings up like, well, what about my brother-in-law? Isn't he going to give you, you know, what about him giving back the scholarship that the company originally had given you anyways? And she's like, yeah, I thought about that. I don't he wanted he wants to do that but i don't want him to like i want to mm-hmm. get that from a different source and yeah. fifi's like yeah high five you know keep work and love separate mm-hmm. yeah so we get idan and salim's chat and idan is pretty confident <laughs> that salim will quote do what he needs to mm-hmm. it's funny though because even <laughs> even she said she's like yeah i'm sure of it I mean, mostly. Uh-huh. Like, well, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, I guess teeny tiny miniature props to Celine for being like, I'm worried about Edda and Federit's hearts. Yeah. Like pe- somebody's no heart. Happens, uh-huh. Somebody's heart will be broken. Yeah. And, of course, Idon tries to be like, well, you know – Federit will be okay, and Edda and Serkan aren't really getting along lately. Like, she might not have her heart broken, which we all know Idon doesn't even believe that for a second. No, not at all. Especially based on their conversation later mm-hmm. in the episode. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's funny, too, because at one at two different points, I believe, in the episode, Idon talks about how she and Serkan don't get into each other's uh, affairs, and this <laughs> – is very clearly her getting into his affairs by telling Zaylene, like, don't worry, he's going to come to you. He's going to, you know, ask you to come back to him, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um. So then we're back at Edda's house. She's in her room now. Yes, she's staring at her note. She's staking at her Perikis note. Uh-huh. And Jaren catches her and she's like, Hey, what you looking at so intently over there on your bed? And she's like, "Come!" I thought she was going to like shove it away, but she's like, come sit down. Yeah. And she shows her and she's like, wow, this is like a very heartfelt no, a small step for humanity, but a big step for Serkan Bolat. I thought that was such a funny quote. I, was I like, do too. Oh, that's, that's so, it's such a fun play on the moon landing. Uh-huh. <laughs> And go figure, That's- it's something about the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so basically, Ida starts pondering out loud to Jaren, kind of bouncing off of her. You know, I can't ke- stop thinking about the fact that Sarkon basically had the perfect chance to reunite with Celine, and he's been hesitant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, maybe, just maybe, if he feels something for me. Yeah. Maybe he likes me. And it's cute because Jaren's like, what, are you 12? Like, are we kids? What do you mean like? And she's like, no, don't make fun of me. (laughs) She's like, he's a man who doesn't show his feelings. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he likes me? And Jaren is like, well, I don't know. But he definitely looks at you with the loving eyes. Yeah. And she's not the only person who has said that Mm-mm. or who has made that observation. Nope. Because we switch over to Serkan and Angan. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that Serkan has just updated him about what Celine told him at the mountain house. Yeah. And so Angan's like, well, then what did Celine say? Yeah. And he says, 
uh, Sarah Con says that if there's a chance we would ever be dating, that she would part ways with Ferry right away. And she gave me two days to think about it. And again, God bless Angan for being like, what is this stupidity? Uh-huh. Like in <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Like, what is this nonsense? Where is this courage coming from? Isn't this girl getting married in a couple of days? Great and, point. And you're already engaged as far as everyone else is concerned. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Khan's like, yeah. And Ingen says, you know, even if the engagement is a game, Edda is a reality in your life. Yeah. And I love that he says that. I love that mm-hmm. he's pointing out that whether or not this engagement part is fake, the Edda of it all is very real. Mm-hmm. And totally. Sarah, and poor Sarkhan's like a reality named Edda. Yeah, there is. She somehow manages to penetrate the life and thoughts and emotions of people. Mm-hmm. And Angan's like, bro, we call that love. <laughs> and while Angan may not know much about women, clearly, God bless him for at least knowing about love. <laughs> yeah, you know he's. <laughs> He's not very self-aware in his own situation, but he can at least <laughs> look at Serkan and Eda and see what's really going on with them. Right. So, you know, Serkan's like, Engen, don't start again. Don't speak to me in a language I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, he really kind of doesn't. And Engen's like, you know, one day you're going to speak this language in front of Eda, <laughs> like right to her. And he says... And you're going to tell her everything. And on that day, I'm going to laugh out loud at you. <laughs> and of course, uh, Sarkhan's like, listen, she hates me even in a fictitious engagement. I can't even imagine a real one. Mm-hmm. And he says, then don't imagine, brother. Don't think for once. Leave yep. your reason and your pride aside. Yep. So um, we... We get kind of a – sorry, I'm, like, backtracking on my nope. my screenshots. Uh-huh. That's all right. We switch over to Jaren and Eda now. That's right. Because Jaren is like, look, who would, you know, give flowers to mm-hmm. a fictional bride? Who would run after her? Who would search every garden in Istanbul? Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Engin because we're, we're getting these parallel conversations now. And Engin's like, come on. Let's just say, let's just say that it's all part of the deal. Then let go of your job, salary, contracts, put everything aside. If you went, sorry, these, these subs aren't great. Mm-hmm. He's like, you pushed your, your award, everything, contracts, you threw it all away and you went and took Ada's hand in front of the paparazzi and you saved her. I don't understand this. <laughs> uh-huh. Why would you do? Why else would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, poor ignorant Sarkhan says it's not related to Edda. Well, and <laughs> not only poor ignorant Sarkhan, poor feelings of unworthiness, Sarkhan. I know because I know. of what he says next. Yeah, he's like, actually, I'm sorry. What? And he says Edda Hanum. He said he doesn't just call her Edda. Mm-hmm. He's like, actually, no, scratch that. What Edda Hanum was doing has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And then, but Engin, again, coming through, he's like, how would you even know that? Did you ask her? Yeah. Have you used your words, Serkan? Uh-huh. And Mr. Evasion <laughs> says, 
Look, Angan, she's happy every time I'm not in her life. Is this love? <sighs> I know. Because – and again, part of me can't blame him because her words always are how long they have left in the contract. Right. You know, when they argue, her first thing is like, I don't even want to be near you. Like, even like uh, last episode or episode before, mm-hmm. you know, when she's like – they're waiting outside the holding and even though they're about to get in the car together – She's, like, standing far away from him because she's annoyed with him. And she's, like, well, even two minutes away from you is, like, paradise. So, like – Right. You know. Well, and and we – well, we'll get – <laughs> I like, know. Do I say it right now? I know. I know. <laughs> because we find out why this is such a, a source of insecurity for him right. in this episode. Yeah. So it does make sense. Mm-hmm. It's just we want them together, so that's yeah. why it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Jaren and she's like, look, you guys can't even leave each other alone. <laughs> you can't even stand when you're away from each other. Mm-hmm. So, And I think you're madly in love with him. And Eda herself being ignorant of or just being in denial mm-hmm. says no no not so much i'm not crazy about him for sure and <laughs> <laughs> and then we switch to serka and picking up the conversation with Ingen saying man she's really really crazy <laughs> and he's like therefore neither do i suit her nor does she me and Ingen like does one of those like close your eyes really dramatically and then roll them uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, actually, that's true. One of you is crazy, but it's you. <laughs> You're out of your mind. It's like, you go completely crazy when you don't see this girl in the office. You want her to be with you for 24 hours. Don't you notice this? And Sarkon's like, Angan, where are you getting this from? And he's like, duh, my eyes, you idiot. His, his face, it's like... It could totally be a meme of genuinely confused in Turkish. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, completely. Because he really is like, where are you getting this? And Edda's saying the same thing to Jaren. She's like, where are you getting all this from? Because she's clearly been saying the same things. And both Ingen and Jaren are like, how can you not notice this? You're driving me up a wall. Like, I cannot believe you. And Edda, of course, is like, so do you actually think the whole him not – you know, going with Celine could be related to me. And instead of Jaren answering, I'm assuming that Angan also asked him that question. Uh-huh. Because Serkan says, I don't know. And Angan says, if you don't know, then you don't need to call Ida for work tomorrow because then her work with us is over. Mm-hmm. She handed over the dossier and Serkan's like, yeah. And then we switch back over to Ida and Jaren who are like, Ida's like, do you think he'll actually call? And she's like, maybe. And Jaren's like, well, just be irresistible tomorrow. He's definitely going to call. Yeah. And then, of course, Ingen's like – or Serkan's like, yeah, I probably won't call her. And Ingen's like, yeah, you probably won't. I think so, too. And does like, well, why wouldn't he call? And <laughs> Jaren's like, he's going to call. Don't worry. And then Serkan's like, no, no, I, I'm not going to call her tomorrow. Like, <laughs> He's like, definitely. I, I definitely won't call her. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, these two. Yeah, they're all in denial. But then after this, they get ready for bed. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, I will say really quickly that Jaren does ask her, she's like, hey, as your best friend and lawyer, can I see this contract that, you know? Yes. And so she does get a glimpse of it. We find out she keeps it in the drawer of her desk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, oh, crap, that's some foreshadowing there. The fact that the contract is being like, we know where it's being stored. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. So, Edda is staring at the pick. Oh, my gosh. And I, it's funny because they're both staring at picks, so to mm-hmm. speak. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Because <laughs> she's got the guitar pick and he's staring at a picture of the two of them. And they're just clearly thinking about the other mm-hmm. and staring and being pensive. And I did not notice this the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that when they lay down, they put it on the opposite pillow. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, you two love sick idiots. <laughs> love sick idiots is the theme of this oh episode. Oh my gosh. I- <laughs> so my sentimental heart was just exploding. Because Mine too. Like, oh. I'm thinking about them. Let me put it on my pillow. <laughs> and both of them do it. Like, it's just, oh, it's so, like, I expect this from Edda. I did not expect from, I mean, we've seen Sarkhan, like, looking at these photos and stuff. Right. I did not expect him to, like, lay it on the pillow across mm-hmm. from him. And, you know, at least he got to lay on his right side better for his heart. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. This time. Very, very important. Um. So, yeah, and I wrote, oh, boy. Let the extravaganza begin. Well, maybe that's going to be like their sides of the bed because uh-huh. that's how they slept when they slept in the same bed too. She mm-hmm. was on that side and he was on the right side. Yes. So, so the next morning, uh, we're at the Bolat household, and of course, Idon's just checking in on Sarkhan and basically is Celine, Celine, Celine. Yes. Uh, basically, is like, are you going to talk to her? You know, how long are you going to? Tor- are you just trying to torture her for breaking up with you and like? prolong this as long as possible mm-hmm. and then uh i think this is when sarkhan's kind of like mom please just stay out of this don't concern yourself with this and then safi walks up and just gives her like a little wink wink hey hey the bug problem's taken care of <laughs> and we all were like what bug problem and sarkhan even was like what bug problem <laughs> and she's like you don't meddle you you don't want me meddling in your affairs you don't meddle in mine like don't worry about it i've got th- this is all covered yeah. and he's like okay mom and then um he eats his breakfast and, I, and like four different people like tweeted and tagged me and they were like Kristen, sarkhan got sarkhan's chewing more this episode <laughs> You got your wish. I like how people tweeted and commented and like made it clear how they felt too. How they're like, I'm with Kristen, or if they're like, eh, I'm with Ashley. Uh-huh. <laughs> the eating doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so funny, but I was like, I appreciate every one of you making sure I saw him for that like little half second clip of him chewing on his breakfast. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate you all. You guys are the real MVPs. <laughs> so should we go over the Aidan Alptekin storyline real quick? Yes, let's do that. So, um, <laughs> essentially, Safi like put bugs <laughs> in Alptekin's room. <laughs> One of the translations that I saw said scabies, and I was like, ew. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I was like, that's oh. horrible. <laughs> But 
I don't know if they just they probably just did like fruit flies or some kind of right. some kind of bug nuisance. Yeah. Uh huh. And as Alptikade comes out to to talk to Safi, there's like a piece of Idon's pottery at the table, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, what's this?" And uh, Safi's like, "Well, Idon Hanum wanted us to start using this pottery." Because she worked so hard on it. And then you hear this very loud, very fake laughter in the background. <laughs> and I was dying. Oh, oh ha, ha, Arda, bae, you're so funny the way you teach me. <laughs> Their laughing was so funny because they're both totally overdoing it. So. Oh, yeah. Essentially, Alptikin sees another scene with her and the pottery teacher gets jealous mm-hmm. and later on um later on they do end up making up and yeah because he's like i can't sleep in my room because <laughs> they're like fumigating it and he's supposed to sleep on the couch or they made up a guest room for him but it's not comfortable for his back and yeah. you know which was her whole goal clearly was to get him to come and ask to stay in the room with her yes of course of and course d- <laughs> props Props to Baba Bullot trying to get some. <laughs> like he like sits next to her on the bed and he like kind of leans towards her and she's like, I thought you came in here to sleep. <laughs> like, she's like, Your side of the bed's over there. Go lay down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was like, man, she's making him work for it. I know, totally. So they they kind of make up. His secretary ended up quitting because mm-hmm. – I, I don't know why, but she ended up quitting. Yeah, because um, she was not going to let him sleep in the room. And she's like, well, you can if you fire your secretary. Yeah. And he's like, well, she quit. And he's like, are you getting rid of your pottery teacher? And she's <laughs> like, right away. <laughs> yeah, so they make amends and everything is happy again because, you know, she was finally – this is makes it very obvious too mm-hmm. that he was jealous mm-hmm. because he's like you got to get rid of your pottery teacher um and then later on they have a moment where he makes a confession so yeah but we can cover that later yeah. so yeah basically the i guess the jealousy and other schemes worked in a way uh-huh and now they're they're better yes they're he- they're on the right track to to uh mending their strained relationship mm-hmm. so we are at edda's and she's getting her kind of babe walk getting ready music mm-hmm. uh she's getting dressed all like hot and chic you know she's wearing an oversized blazer she's making sure her hair's really done she's accessorized because she's expecting sarkhan to call and be like i'm picking you up even uh-huh. though she told him not to and she's like he's not gonna come he's not coming but she's still getting ready like he is. And uh-huh. I was like, to mom, Edda, yeah, you don't want him at all. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote the quote, you won't call. Yeah, you'll you'll never call again. And I said, yeah, no. Boy's already there. <laughs> uh-huh. And what do you know? Her phone starts ringing. Mm-hmm. And who's calling her but Serkan Bolat? So I said, good thing she's looking all extra hot femme fatale, as Fifi says to her. Uh-huh. So she, yeah, she gets a great babe walk, and then mm-hmm. uh, she's like, okay, no, I'm going out. I'm uh, Serkan's here, and adorable Melo is like, Serkan May! <laughs> so she, she like, wants to say hi, and they're all like, no, don't say hi to him. 
But then she ends up just running anyway. I love it. And she's like, brother-in-law, brother-in-law. And he's like, Melo. I just love their little interactions and relationship. Like, I want I, – I don't know. I want something to, like, bring them kind of closer together in their, like, little friendship, brother-sistership. Yeah. Um, and now, I, have a, I have a theory about what will, but – Oh. Yeah. Okay. We'll get now, there, though. do you know what Melek means? Angel. Yes. <laughs> and you want to know why I, how, when I put that together? When I was helping your brother in law with your birthday gift, and I was like, listen, you need to write sweet baby angel. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not in our Facebook group, um, Ashley posted her yesterday was her birthday, and mm-hmm. she posted in the Facebook group uh, the gift that her brother in law and sister made for her. And they had contacted me. Uh, before her birthday last week and said they wanted my help because they wanted to make her a custom uh, action figure figure from, quote, one of your Turkish shows. (laughs) So I was like, oh. So I sent them pictures of uh, John Yaman, Mm -hmm. Kivanch, and Ali. Mm -hmm. And they wound up choosing Ali, who played Osman on Erkenji Kush. And so I said, oh, well, on the packaging somewhere, you have to put Sweet Baby Angel. But I was like, you should put it in Turkish because it'll be cuter. And then I was like, oh, duh, Melek means angel. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's on my little action figure. I love it. On the backboard. (laughs) Yes. So – yeah, they made her the, her own custom Osman doll, and it's adorable. And it's maybe so good. Maybe you can post it in the Instagram stories after this I episode drops. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyhow, I just yeah, I want them to, I want them to like get closer in the relationship that they're they have. It's just this very sweet, you know. Um, so it's so sweet. I'll get to that theory later. Yeah. So you know. So um, Edda walks out and Serkan's heart rate immediately spikes and I about died. <laughs> God bless that watch. His watch it loves was, to tattle on him. It was like the perfect moment because I hadn't thought about that watch in a while mm-hmm. because it hasn't come up since that episode when right. he first got it. But she walks out and you hear the beeping. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. I know. And she's like, hmm, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. This thing's like broken. And he's like, hmm, judging by the way you're dressed, I guess you did think I was coming to get you today. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she has to cover. And she's like, well, no, I have other meetings and things planned. And he's like, you do? She's like, yeah, you know, like. I, uh, job stuff. I have things, you know, I'm getting taken care of at the university. I've got to line this stuff up. And, you know, he at first he's kind of like, dang, you don't waste any time, I guess. Like, you're mm-hmm. done with me and you're moving right on. But then he also says, like, huh, have you ever, like, been this planned out before? Because as we know, when they've had conversations in the past, she's all about just kind of going with the wind as she – as her impulses take her. And he's all about – spontaneity and he's all about structure and planning Mm -hmm. and i kind of love that she says to him well maybe i learned a thing or two from you serkan like Mm -hmm. and he's like hmm guzel yeah so we get uh we get angin's (laughs) flower gift that backfires really badly to pearl and she doesn't like cut flowers she only likes flowers in a pot yes (laughs) 
And everybody apparently knows this because Layla knew this information at the drop of a hat. Yes. So basically, Angan messed up big time because he should have known this. Exactly. So he hands he gives the flowers to Erdem, which winds up being a really funny scene later. It was funny. Well, uh, even when he gets them, he's like, he's like, Angan Bay, you're so cute. <laughs> so funny. So um, then we are back at Ifair's house with the girls, except for uh, except for Edda, of course. Melo's mm-hmm. off to work. She's like, I'm running late. So she takes off and Fifi starts bringing the dishes into the kitchen. So it just leaves Ifair and Jiren. Ifair mm-hmm. is now confiding in Jiren about the financial troubles. Again, saying, don't tell Edda, but do you have friends who could help me? I I maxed out on my loans. And basically, she's thinking about mortgaging the house to take yeah. out money to keep the company afloat. And, you know, Jaren's like, well, I do have friends and w- ways that you could be helped. But, you know, what if you called your mom? Like, Edda's grandma, like, you know, there's money that she is entitled to, and I know she would give it to her. Yeah. And Ifair says – no, you know Edda won't have that even having this conver- – even if she knew we had this conversation about it, she'd be upset. Yeah. And Duren says, I've never understood this whole thing with you guys. Mm-hmm. And Ifair says, it's a long story, but it's my mom's fault. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's got our antennas up like, okay, yes. like we're getting tiny bits and pieces. So grandma did something. Yeah. Um. And we don't know exactly what it is, but if her own daughter is saying that it's her fault, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not just Edda's upset with her about something that she's overreacting to or thinks, you know, thinks wrongly. She's upset for a legitimate reason. Yeah. I think that something must have happened that was bad enough for the two of them to Mm -hmm. be so united on this stand, on this situation. Um, And I think – the obvious answer is that it has something to do with her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that is, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So Fifi winds up taking off. Um, Ifair's inside and she opens that drawer for whatever yeah, reason. Well, because she's like, Jaren, let me go get the the mortgage and then I'll bring it to you and you can tell me what you th- what you think they can do. Okay. So that's why she starts digging through filing cabinets and then she ends up finding the contract She's like the realization of what has been going on comes mm-hmm. to her and she runs out and confronts Jaren. Right. So basically she thinks that Edda was forced into this, you know, that they're that the Bullock family is using her, exploiting her, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Jaren basically is like, listen, first of all, I didn't know about this until recently. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's not what you think. She's she went into this willingly and because she wanted her education paid for. Like mm-hmm. that's why she agreed to this, which we actually find out later is – or we already found out that's not true because she's refusing his help. Yeah. Um, But, you know, um, she's like it just had to do with her schooling. That's why she agreed to this. And, of course, then that puts this guilt on Ifair because she's like I couldn't even provide for her. I can't pay for her education. I can't this. Mm-hmm. So that's enough. She sends Jaren away. She's like I need to think about this. I'll talk to Ada about this later. I need to be alone. Yeah. Well, she paces a bit, but she winds up calling mom and asking for money for Edda yep. for her schooling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she does lay down some uh, conditions. It has to be anonymous. She has mm-hmm. to know nothing about it. And if you don't agree to this, then this conversation never happened and goodbye. Yeah. So that has started a connection 
with the grandma. We all knew this was coming at some point, but now we're going to probably be at least seeing or hearing from grandma at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. So Serkan takes Eda to a special uh, place. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, that's the whole point of him picking her up today mm-hmm. was to take her to a special place. And he takes her to this old rundown house, and the company is going to be. Um, I do you rec- <laughs> do you recognize that front gate? It's the is it the same from eleven of Ek from twelve? Uh huh. From twelve, uh-huh. yeah. Where he confessed. Uh huh. Okay, I wasn't sure, but I was like, that looks oddly familiar. Because mm-hmm. they they do a lot inside the house, whereas. They didn't in EK, so right. but immediately that gate, I was like, huh, like that. That's the gate John jumps over and then okay. uh, opens and lets uh, Sanem in, and they spend most of their time outside. Yeah, um, they don't even go in the house at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, but I thought that was interesting. Like when when it was like an old rundown house, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, don't play with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you think it's a client's house or do you think Sarkon owns this? And he's like, let me get all these ideas of how exactly you would design this house so we can live in it together someday. I do think if it's not his house already, I think that everything that she describes during their whole scene going throughout the house, at some point there will be a house with every single item that she has named off during yeah. this scene. And like because- 25 retaining walls. Yep, and they're going to have the best view from their room, mm-hmm. and it's going to be all of this. Like, she names very specific ideas for yes. how these rooms should be decorated. And I I'm agree. Like, that is not a coincidence. She's going to end up with a house that is decorated to her exact specifications mm-hmm. because we know Sarkhan Bolat will not forget what she said. He's going to make it exactly the way that she described yes he is so So, yeah so basically he's like they want the inside and outside restored and as they're talking about that she's like wow i would really like to live in such a house and i was like oh there's no way he didn't file that tidbit of information away of course she's like these trees are probably over 100 years old and you know she says why am i here and he's like to help to help me get inspiration to give to help me with ideas and i love this because she's like I don't I haven't worked for you since yesterday. And he says, You were never just an employee to me, Edda Yildas. Mm-hmm. And so then he's like, he kind of changes subjects and he says, This house has a very interesting history. The former owner was one of the most famous doctors in Istanbul. At the same time, ironically, he had a bad heart. Mm-hmm. And Edda's like, This is interesting. Okay. So Serkan says, and then he very much fell in love with his patient from the neighboring mansion. Mm-hmm. This woman was very fond of flowers. Therefore, he used all these – he used these flowers and planted a rose garden so he could see her. And Edda's like, what a great reason. And she says, so, this doctor. And Serkan says, so, this doctor, he grew a flower that only grew in his garden. And today we call this flower the doctor's rose. And, of course, Edda's like, oh, my gosh, the doctor's rose maker lived here? And he's like, uh-huh. And she's like, that's so lovely. She's like, wow. And then she goes over and, like, sniffs um, sniffs the the couple flowers that are left. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and then what happened? 
He says, so afterwards, some time passed, but he bored her. He was withdrawn, a workaholic, and she didn't like <laughs> and she didn't like it. So she found another man and she married him. Very interesting story. Uh-huh. And it just says, so what did the man do? Was he broken? Or is he like you, a robot too? And he says, you hurt me, Edda. Robots have hearts too. Mm-hmm. And he says, but yes, our doctor was was uh, shattered. Yeah. His flowers and this house. He left it all, leaving behind his destiny. And this, where she says, so realizing that he wasn't loved, he fled. Like, mm-hmm. And she's like, that's very hard. And I understand this doctor. Yep. And and she's like, what a great story. Thank you. And he says, you're welcome. So before that, the doctor's rose is actually a real flower. Um, okay. So I'm I'm glad that you did some research because I couldn't find anything. Well, it's very difficult because I'm wondering if it maybe has a different name. But it it, it was like registered and introduced in like the 1930s. Okay. And um, it's a hybrid tea rose. And, it, okay. and the picture that I found on this website does very much look like what she was smelling in this garden. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so the hybrid tea rose, quote, the doctor. And um, – but it's funny because it says that he originated the, – the guy who did it was from Montebello, which is here in Southern California <laughs> where oh, we are. Oh, that's funny. Uh-huh. So I thought that was very interesting. Um uh, Frederick Huber Howard of Montebello, California. Hmm. Um, and it says um, – it just kind of talks about the the build and form of the flower and stuff. But, yeah, so it is it is a type of flower. I couldn't really find a history of that story or anything like that. Um, yeah, I have a feeling it was just meant to be a parallel of the two of them. Yeah. Sarkhan is withdrawn. He's a workaholic. Um Ada loves flowers, mm-hmm. and he, yeah, I, I think it's just meant to be yeah. a parallel of the two of them. Yeah, I loved it though. I love that that it is an actual real flower, and so it's kind of uh, fiction woven in with uh, reality. Yes. So they move on, and Sarkhan's like, "Okay, will you help inspire me a little?" And she says, "I'll try." So we get this whole montage of them going through the yard and the house and mm-hmm. all of that. Clearly, ideas are being shared, and then they get to that final room. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is when you kind of touched on a little bit of this, but where she yes. talks about how the view is incredibly beautiful, and she basically says, "Let this be a bedroom." And clearly, she mean I I think she meant more like the owner's bedroom, <laughs> maybe like the master bedroom, because Sarah Khan's like the room with the most beautiful view, and she's like. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Why do people give rooms with the most beautiful views to their guests instead of keeping it for themselves? Like, it's mm-hmm. their house. They should enjoy the view they have. Yeah. And he just – I love it because for a good few seconds there, he's enjoying the view he has. Mm-hmm. And he's just staring at her. And she's like, what, to make people jealous? Like, so when they come and stay with you, they're like, whoa, look at this gorgeous view. I'm so jealous. And right. he's like – she's like, that's just stupid. And he's like – yeah, it is stupid. And so then he's like, okay, what about the colors? And she lists off, you know, neutral color palette, long, you know, long window shears that will look beautiful, mm-hmm. um, simple and stylish furniture in small quantities, lots of pillows. It'll be cozy. And he's like, okay, all right. He's completely taking note of this. Yep. And then she asks him a question. 
Uh-huh. And is this another Sarkon Siren moment for you? Oh my gosh, it is. It is. So for some reason I Oh yes, cuz she's like Hang on. I don't remember cuz she 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 just says, "Why did you pick me up today?" That's thank you. You're thank welcome. You. I I have a screenshot with nothing and oh. I think I must have just Missed the captions. Yes. So she so, says, why'd you pick me up today? Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he says, to see you. Guys, you. <laughs> that's so just, that's, that's all that's, he says. That's number two. That's number two. He says, to see you. To and see you. And she says, yeah, you probably don't know how to end a relationship yet. Which, whatever, Edda. <sighs> and then number three, he says, it doesn't have to end. Freaking uh, Edda. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I. But rather than rather than taking these two blaring sirens, mm-hmm. she says, did you say yes to Celine? And he's like, you think I should say yes to her? Really? I'm seriously interested in your opinion. So please be honest. This feels like a little bit of a siren too. Like it really why does. would your opinion matter to him if you didn't matter to him? Why well, would he, he care if you think she should, you, if he should be with Celine or not? Why would you even care? Like, why would he even think that you would care about that? Plus, the fact that he didn't immediately say yes. Again, he never. Oh, sorry, I just hit the mic stand. Um, yeah, this is this is all very typical. Sarkon, though, he has never said he wants Celine. He has never, never ever, said ever. he's still in love with her. He nope. evades that and avoids that at every chance he gets, and this is no different. Yep. So she's like, well, you know that she's the right person for you, logically. It's just like you said. It's her. That's why you should say yes. Or that's why you would say yes. Mm -hmm. How else would you react? And he's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? So she explains that she applied for universities and also abroad. And his ears majorly perked up I was just going to say, you notice how he only says, oh, abroad too. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like... This. Again, again, again. Actions are clearly his love language. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that. But. <laughs> I just clapped. <laughs> if you guys couldn't hear when Ashley said that. Because he says, why won't you let me help you with the scholarship? And she says, I don't want you to. She says, because I don't want anything. You said I ruined your life and your image the day that I kissed you. Do you remember that? I tried to fix it. I wanted to fix it. So I did. And she says, good luck to you and Celine. And he's like, Edda, you don't have to leave. You don't have to leave. Sarkon, siren, number (laughs) four? Four. Uh 3.5? Four? Okay. Yep. So, uh, okay. Like, I, I don't know if she's just convincing herself that this is about him needing to be in control. I I don't think she actually believes that. I think that's what she's convincing herself is the yes. truth to protect her little to, heart. To keep her door closed. Yes. Of her uh-huh. heart. Uh-huh. Bravo. Very good. <laughs> uh, yes. I think it's all – they're mm-hmm. both protecting themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, they're both – I mean, like I said, I touched on this. They're saying and doing things that it's like, okay, I do just want you to say what you're feeling because I feel like, Sarkhan, if you can say all of this stuff, if you can say the reason you picked her up was just because you wanted to see her, you can Mm -hmm. say 
well, guess what? I fell in love with you. Like, well, like, and this episode, you know, is really when the words start coming for him. And that I, I felt like from the beginning, the second he started saying all of this stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, big things are coming because Serkan Bola is finding his voice with yes. Ida. Ooh, yes. And it be- I felt like it was more clear, more clear, more clear, more clear mm-hmm. throughout the day, throughout their interactions, because it was those little things. You don't have to leave. I'll find a reason to call you. It doesn't yeah. have to end. All of it, It's like they're finally kind of coming out mm-hmm. without him even realizing it. Right. And, you know, so when he says that, she says, I do have to. Mm-hmm. And he does sad eyes so good. So good. He's like, Why? And she says, because I don't – because I don't want to. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. stay. And she walks out to the balcony and then she kind of yells back at him, anyway, why are you being so insistent that I don't leave? And he walks out and he's like, so you really hate me that much? Because this – I I genuinely think – I don't think this is a matter of him convincing himself that she hates him. I think he really does think that and that yeah. he really does believe that she's only – when when she does show moments of tenderness or sweetness, it's mm-hmm. because it's just inherently who she is. Yeah. And not because it's specific to him. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he always talks about how she looks at everybody with love in her eyes and yada, yeah. yada, yada. And so he is like, you really hate me that much, so much that you can't work with me even. And she's like, you don't even know me at all, Serkan. Because clearly she's trying to say she doesn't hate him, but she can't be near him. And again, yeah. this is this is what would be the equivalent of a Sercon siren and Edda. I know uh. now I need something with an e. Um, an Edda enlightenment. I don't know, like you know, because she says I can't work with you. I can't. I want to live my life too, from you. And she's and she's like, um, and she's like, oh, whatever. And he's like, what, whatever. And he's like, can you please finish your sentence? This is a thing with these two. They don't finish their sentences. And he's like, what is whatever? And she just kind of looks at him and she says, being far away, f- being as far away from your influence as possible. Hmm. And he says, to mom, to mom, you're right. She says, I am right. And he goes, well, in this case, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done. That is, you reunited me with Celine. Therefore, your mission's complete. This is the very – this is the first and only time he even remotely indicates that he and Celine will get back together. And I think he's only doing yeah. it so that she can genuinely feel like her mission has been accomplished. And she has one of those, like, emotional moments. She has her eyes closed for a prolonged time before opening them and says, I'm grateful to you, Sir Bolat. You've given me weeks that I've never that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Gal," and he gives her a hug, and they're like yeah. saying goodbye, and they're they're both super emotional and having more realizations. And it's oh, it just kills me. But then you know the phone rings in the middle of that, and right. we get we get some comedic <laughs> reprieve. Yes, because it's Angin, and. <laughs> We can't hear what Angin is saying, but we see that on Serkan's end, he's like, oh, there's a crisis? <laughs> and then at that point, we switch over and we see Angin going, Serkan, no, 
there's no crisis. I just wanted to hear your voice, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, so there's a big issue and you need us there right away? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm dead. Because, of course – like, he's just doing anything to keep Edda near him right now. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, why don't we just go to the office and then I'll take you home from there. And she's like, no, Sarkhan, there's no need. Just drop me off. Like, we can be done here. And he's like, no, Edda, I I was going to have – we were going to have dinner together. Like, well, how can we cut things off so quickly? Abruptly, yeah. Exactly. Um. So he basically finds an excuse to spend more time mm-hmm. with her. And she's like, yeah, or maybe you can't live without me. And then oh he my says, gosh. yes, you can influence a person. Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, she won't let him do the scholarship. And then she's even saying she doesn't. he doesn't need to take her to dinner. There's no need. He, she doesn't need a dinner to say thank you. And that's when he finally is like, okay, well, if you're not going to let me do that because you literally won't let me thank you for anything you've done for me, can you at least come to the office? Yeah. And she's like, okay, at least I can say goodbye to everybody. Um, So she does finally agree. Yeah. So it didn't take much, though, to Mm -hmm. convince her. No, because, yeah. Yeah, I wrote – he's like – she's like, is it possible you can't live without me? And he says – I put – yeah, he essentially says yes. Like you said, because he's like, mm-hmm, you develop mm-hmm. that habit in people. So um, I was like, come on. So yeah. uh, then we get a little bit of that, a little bit of Erdem craziness at the office. <laughs> Angen starts trolling him because Erdem's like, oh, I'm going to be the vice president of this company. Look at these wonderful flowers my boss gave. Like, he's just being so s- ridiculous. He's so funny. Sarp is so, so funny. He is. He he posts the best Instagram stories on set. Like, oh my gosh, that guy is hilarious. Yeah. So, so I'm Angen like calls Layla in and he's like, Layla, you know, when Erdem leaves, I really want you to be my secretary. <laughs> but then this ends up uh, triggering a conversation between Layla and Angin. And she's like, okay, so listen, you know how I was fired, right? But it seems like <laughs> I was fired, but it seems like I'm never actually going to be let go. Do uh-huh. you think that I'm just going to be here forever? And, he, and Angin essentially is like, well, yeah, I don't think that you're actually – gonna be fired and she's yeah. like i'm stuck here <laughs> so funny so ed sarah arrives mm-hmm. uh layla confirms a trip to london like oh i need to book for two right and sarah Khan's like yeah yeah it's like an afterthought for him just like mm-hmm. it's not even a thing but ed uh, is like for two like yeah. and definitely picks up on that um so sarah Khan rushes into angan's office to discuss the quote crisis which the crisis, it's funny because Angan's like, what did you keep going on about a crisis for? We don't have a crisis. And Sarah Khan's like, we do have a crisis. Edda's leaving. <laughs> and it's so cute. He is so out of like sorts. He is oh, just yeah. like, offer her a job. Offer her your job. You have to be the one to do it. She doesn't want to work with me. So if you offer her the job, she'll work for you. You have to do anything to keep her here. And he's like, I can't just create a position. And he's like, give her your position then. Like, <laughs> He's like, she's going to be out of our lives. Don't you understand? <laughs> He's like this close to grabbing his his shirt and shaking him. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just like, oh, get just get it done. Offer her a job. Make her stay. And he like storms out of Angan's office. Like yeah. he's just spiraling. And- well, and then Angan's like, 
what are you talking about? Like, what what about Celine? Because, you know, he's supposed to, like, uh, get back with Celine and mm-hmm. break her, her and Ferdy apart. And poor boy is still just so clueless to his own emotions and feelings that he's like, what are you talking about? This has nothing to do with Celine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Angan's like, yeah, okay, whatever, bro. Mm-hmm. So then – Edda and Layla have gone to get coffee, and Edda breaks the news that she won't be coming to the office anymore. And Layla, mm-hmm. of course, has essentially a breakdown because she's yeah. like, Edda, I hate Sarkon when he's without you. Like, I can't handle it. And Edda's like, listen, I'll teach you some tricks. It's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. and she she ends up asking, though, like, hey, when you were talking about that London trip for two people, is Angan going with Sarkon? Yeah. And Layla kind of looks down. And Edda's like, Celine? Like, Celine's going with him? And, you know, she, of course, jumps to the conclusion. She runs outside, calls yeah. Jaren to spill, to spill and vent to. And it's basically like, I'm an idiot. Like, mm-hmm. they're back together and just haven't told me. Like, right. She's like, why am I still here? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. She's like, I'm getting my bag and I'm leaving. Well, as she's saying that, uh, Serkan overhears her. Mm-hmm. So when she comes back in, Serkan <laughs> signals to Angan with his super subtle <laughs> arms. <and> super <laughs> subtle Serkan. <laughs> and he's like, Doctor, her, like, get her. Mm-hmm. You gotta make her stay. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, of course, poor Angan is like, Edda, come chat with me. And, you know, he starts fumbling over job offers and things, and she sees right through it. She's like, listen. She starts to talk to him, but then she gets a call. And well, she says, yeah. And she's like, tell Sarah Conbull that he can't keep me here. Right. And then talks on the phone. And it's Italy, essentially. Right. <laughs> they they are offering her a scholarship, whatever university it is. Mm-hmm. But she has to come and she has to do an interview, interview for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, she's like amazed she's so happy mm-hmm. and them over here and he's like did you get everything that you've been waiting for like everything you've been dreaming of yeah and he's all happy for her uh and she's like i i have to go like she's I, on cloud nine she's yep. like mm-hmm. yep so she's like sorry sorry engin i'm leaving yep i'm going to italy and so yep. she starts to walk out but Serkan panics and he's like, Italy, Italy, Edda, Edda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, Edda, Bidaka, like, I'm, uh, give me a second, please. Can you talk to me for just a minute? Mm-hmm. And uh, she – She does okay. stop and turn around in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, mm-hmm. we got another siren coming. Oh, my god! Because he's like, are you – he's like, are you going to Italy? Because she's mm-hmm. like, What? <laughs> She's so mad. And she's like, yeah, so what? (laughs) What I love it. Well, and he's all, so what? So would you leave without telling me? (laughs) Oh, poor hurt boy. I know. And she's like, oh, so she's like, well, you heard that I was leaving. Such a brat. And he's like, congratulations. (laughs) In fact, you are going to one of the best universities in the world. Mm-hmm. And she says, thanks. Because she's still mad because she's like, he's back with Celine and he didn't even bother to mention it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, come on, it didn't even occur to you to tell me. Mm-hmm. So she's like, look, what is your problem? Why do you have a problem with this? Why do you even expect me to tell you? He says, where did you get the grant from? Mm-hmm. So I can't give you a scholarship, but somebody else can. And she's like, Serkan, 
you are somebody else too. And he says, I'm not somebody else, Ada. Neither and you. neither are you. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. He's like, everything we've gone through, is it all in vain? It's not that easy. And she says, yes, it's not that easy. It really isn't easy at all. But yeah. it's over now. And here's our siren. He says, but it doesn't have to be over. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. have to end anything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you want it to be the way you want it. You wanted Celine. Well, now you're going to have her. It all worked out. You're together. You made it. At least just let me be. Leave me alone. Let me do what I want. And he says, tell mom. And she's like, fine. So he says, I'll leave you in peace. And she, so she says, and this is her bat signal. (laughs) She says, if you want someone in your life, you, it's all very simple. You don't have to offer them a job. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, then what? She says, just say, don't go, Sarkhan. And he says this, again, very, very, very telling. Yeah. He says, it's not my my way to say don't go to somebody who wants to leave. My freaking heart. He, I know. Uh, because he, again, we'll find this out, he has abandonment issues. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. you know, so it's like. He's not going to set himself up to be abandoned by being nope. like, hey, you're already planning to leave, but let me throw my heart out there and beg you to stay just for you to leave anyways. And I think that is over and over the crux, the whole entire reason why he cannot use his words yeah. and why he is incapable of just saying mm-hmm. or even really realizing, mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to go. Yeah. I want you to stay with me. Please stay yeah. with me. Because – he, I think you're totally right. I think he truly thinks she is sick of him and doesn't want him around. And he's like, he can't do it. He can't no, put that out there. No. And um, again, they both do this very heavy scene very well. Like they say so much with their eyes mm-hmm. when there are when there's not dialogue happening. And one thing I've noticed about uh, Karem's eyes, they change with the environment like right here they're like really like bluish green but Mm -hmm. like at the at the end they're very brown um they're definitely like a true hazel because yeah Yeah. yes so i just i really notice that like when they do these close-ups of his eyes i'm like man they like they like match the scene Mm -hmm. uh whatever he's doing but so yeah they kind of stare at each other for a couple seconds and she's like so you know basically i'm out of here and she turns around and leaves, and he just is, like, sad, and mm-hmm. he turns around and walks away, too. And um, so that scene ends, and we now switch over to Ifair storming the Bolot residence. Yeah. Because she's ready to let Idon have it. I said, we have a protective mama bear. And, you know, but the only problem is that Ada really wasn't forced into this. Right. Um. And she made a choice. And I like that it is clarified, too, as she's, like, going off on Idon, like, what kind of people are you? You and your husband. You're this safety's like, uh, let me just interject. You know, Alptakin didn't know anything because he gave Melo a job and all that. So she thought they were really trying to, like, infiltrate her family. Right. And she's like, no, actually, Alptakin really just saw something in Melo. He has no idea about any of this, which 
doesn't really help the case at all. She's still pissed. Like, you're keeping this from your husband. And she basically is like, you guys will leave us alone. You will fear me because you're going to see how crazy I get when it comes to my loved ones. And then she even like as she's walking out, she turns back around and tells Safi, shame on you because he knew too. Yeah. And leaves. So. Yep. So uh, we get a quick uh, meeting because the company is willing to meet again with Farid after that whole debacle of a meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they're going to meet all the conditions that Sarah Khan asked for, but they have their own condition. And this is where uh, Farid finds out that Alptekin at the beginning of the company, they were in charge of a project of a, a house and there was an accident and a retaining wall killed two people And the guy is basically like, look, we need him to guarantee something like this is never going to happen again Mm -hmm. because that we can't have this kind of thing happening. Right. And he was being careless. He, the correct, uh, what am I, the correct procedures weren't being, weren't made. They weren't careful about things. They rushed things. They didn't follow safety protocols. We need to have his guarantee that. We're not going to be working with somebody who's allowing dangerous things. Right. Well, and I like that they pointed out, too, that he basically buried the company's involvement at all mm-hmm. because, it, you know, they basically subcontracted the work because yeah. they took on too much. And so, like, yeah, this isn't going to happen again. He's going to oversee everything himself. Yeah. And Ferry is very surprised by this. And it's funny because mm-hmm. right here it's not actually said that two lives were lost. But when they pan over the article, yes. it says John Aldi. Yeah. Took Which life. is lives taken. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or took a life. So, yeah. And we read a theory from – we talked about a theory that yep. some, that it couldn't have been coincidental that it was an architectural accident mm-hmm. that killed Edda's parents and Sarkhan is an architect. And while it's not Sarkhan who is responsible, you know, it – we obviously – we get this – everybody puts it together – at this point that yes. it's Edda's parents. It's not been revealed yet, but at this point we all knew exactly what was happening and what it was leading to. Yes. And later we get the full confirmation. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so Ferit basically is like, well, I'm going to talk to him personally and – but our company doesn't – the company doesn't operate like that anymore at all. But, yes, we will get a guarantee from his mouth. Like, so we now have the dark cloud that will be looming over us until – Everything hits the fan with this. Yeah. Yep. But we're going to so, stick a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. Because Edda comes home and she is just kind of pensive and she goes mm-hmm. straight to her room. Ifair is stressing because she wants to talk to her. And you can tell she's like doesn't really know how to mm-hmm. approach her. She approaches her door with a few different snacks and offerings and things to try to spark the conversation and get her away into mm-hmm. the room so they can talk. So she's clearly kind of stressing about this whole thing. Yeah. So she finally comes in and she's like, Edda, maybe you want tea or like a snack or some sweets or – and Edda's like, um, Auntie, do you want to talk? Uh-huh. <laughs> so they sit down because Ifer's like, look, I have to talk about this or I'm going to burst. Yeah. And she confronts her about the contract and she tells her that she knows the, uh, the truth. Mm-hmm. And – 
at least in this conversation, I appreciated, you know, I fair freaked out because the because of the lies. But in this conversation, she really told Edda, look, my main concern and my main the main reason I'm upset because mm-hmm. of this is because she feels like she it's her responsibility right for why this even happened right because i can't she provide, for provide for you for her mm-hmm. uh-huh and she felt like she was forced to sign this contract because she couldn't get the money for her schooling from ifair mm-hmm. so it was like she had to look elsewhere and put herself in this position yeah but ed is like no i did this for myself like i'm the one who made this choice and Ifer's like, I couldn't give you the help that you needed. And she's like, no, you mm-hmm. you give me everything I needed. You've given me love. You've taught me strength. You've taught me determination. Yeah. You've taught me responsibility. So it's – in the end, it's a really good conversation Absolutely. between the two of them. And Ifer even says like, like, I feel better after just talking to you. Yeah. Well, you know, and I love that Ida assures her, like, can anybody force me to do anything? Like, mm-hmm. come on, Auntie, you raised me better than that. And so Ifair just has to get in one last question. And she's like, okay, is there actually anything between you and Serkan? And mm-hmm. initially she's like, no, there never was. But then she's like, or more correctly, it just didn't work out. Like, because she's thinking, she's put herself out there, she's made it clear. Yeah. And he hasn't, you know – accepted or made any type of acknowledgement of it and so she's like yeah it hasn't worked out and you know Hala Jim is protective and just is like well I don't want you seeing the bullets at all mm. and you know and I get it but also like okay she's a 20 something year old adult like but you know so Ada kind of is like well you don't really need to worry about that because I have good news yeah and she's like I have a scholarship interview and I was like, well, we all know that's Baba Ane giving her money. But of course, because it has to be anonymous, they're going to make her go through this whole interview process and all this yes. stuff. So, you know, they kind of have a celebration of that. And um, Ifair leaves and she's like, I got to call and tell the girls, which she does on like FaceTime. And, you know, they're congratulating her. But Melo, God bless her, would mm-hmm. she's like, okay, but what about my brother-in-law? Like if you're leaving to Italy. <laughs> yeah. And – you know, basically, she's like, I'll explain that later, but, um, you know, we're all going to get together before you leave. And everyone's congratulating her and happy, but Melo, you can tell, doesn't love that answer because when she gets off the phone, she's just like, good or should us. Like, yeah. she's, you know, I think she's happy for her in the sense of like school and finishing, but the fact that it's also open ended where Sercon's concerned because Melo's our fairy tale romantic, mm-hmm. she's, she's, you know, a little deflated by this news. So. Mm-hmm. Now we start to get the trope I've been begging for <laughs> since the first time he checked his pulse in that nursery and we realized he was paranoid about getting sick. <laughs> yep. So Serkan comes home from the office. Early, and- which is a shock. <laughs> yes. And he clearly does not feel well. Mm-mm. So Safi and Aidan check on him. They're like, why is he here? He doesn't look great. And he's like, guys, leave me alone. I'm fine. <laughs> he just wants to be alone. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a quick Duran and Angin conversation, right? Yeah, which was very sweet because, yeah, right. you know, since they're both in the know about this whole fake engagement and Duran's updating him on the Italy thing – or I'm sorry, 
he already knew because she got the call in his office. Um, you know, he's like, I'm happy for her, but like, I know this was like all fake, but you know, the feelings there are real between them. I think it's obvious they have love in their gazes and, you know, and they kind of both reflect on how different they both were, how Edda used to, you know, speak about how she was going to ruin his life and, uh, mm-hmm. and how Sarah Khan's different. And he's like, you know, I want to make sure I'm not losing you too. Like mm-hmm. I've gotten used to you. I've gotten used to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, she's like, well, no, like we're friends. That's not going to change. Plus I'm your lawyer. Like, you know, this is all fine. This is clearly before the big blowout they have that we explained earlier when he finds out she's lying about the fact that she's not just an intern. Yes. Um, you know, but and Duren tells him like, uh, Arkadosh, like we won't be like we won't be like Edda and Serkan because you'll make yourself sick if you keep your feelings inside. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so Serkan is sick. <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling bad and he's sitting in his apartment. He's been staring at the globe, obviously, because he like pushes it away. Just like he did the dried flowers. Like, yes, move move the item six inches out of your sight. That's going to help. Uh-huh. So he's like trying to relax and he's trying to calm himself down. So he turns on some music and it's Italian opera. Oh. And he... <laughs> He turns on the TV and there's the Coliseum and he opens his computer and there's an ad to visit Italy. And he's like, Is this oh, are you joke? kidding? What's going on? He's like, he's like rubbing his temples. This is a joke. This is a joke. Come to your senses, Serkan. You're fine. You're fine. Like, <laughs> oh, oh man. Gosh. So good. So, <laughs> um, I Don and Safi try to give him tea. That's right. They try again. And he's like, look, all I want is to be alone. I'm fine. Everything's okay. Please, please just leave. Dun, 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 dun. Watch Tattle Tales again. <laughs> yes. Because um, his watch starts going off. And of course, uh, I Don and Safi are like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? They, you know, especially Idon really starts freaking out. And um, he basically is like, listen, it's broken. It's been doing this. He pulls it off. He's like, listen, mm-hmm. I appreciate what you guys are trying to do. I just need to be left alone. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be alone. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. And, you know, so of course they leave. And Idon point, Idon gives us a little insight into Serkan by telling Safi, like, you know, he only ever gets like this when he's really upset. He only gets sick like this when he's upset. Mm -hmm. So immediately she calls Celine because she's like, oh, she'll fix it all. That's what he's upset about. The fact that she's getting married and he has to make a choice. Well, and Safi's like, oh, are you calling Eda? And she looks at him like he's Mm -hmm. an idiot. But after she calls Celine, and of course Celine immediately agrees to run on over to mm-hmm. help Serkan, because she's like, I don't know what I can do, Idon, which, you know, props to her for at least having that bit of self-awareness. Where I she's guess. Like, uh, I don't know how much help I can be, but yeah, I'll come over. And well, Safi, God bless him, he calls Ada. Because we know that Safi is a true shipper, just like the rest of us. He is the captain of our ship. He was shipping them from the second she walked into their house the very first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So, and Eda even is kind of like, well, 
I mean, what can I do? Like, after he explains what's wrong with him, mm-hmm. how he's feeling, and he says, Safi says, well, in my opinion, it's about you. And I was like, you're right, Safi. <laughs> I know. We love him. So and he's like, well, I mean, you would know what to do. You would know how to help him. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I hear you, Safi. So yeah. now we're going to – for this next scene, we're going to just suspend – Real medical beliefs here, uh, because yeah. I we don't I don't want to get into the whole why this is like not actually this is not real doctor advice. So why you can't just be around nice yeah. people to stop your panic attacks? Yeah. Yes, yes. So we're <laughs> suspending belief here, you guys, for the sake of the plot. Okay, but we for are the sake of love. <laughs> yes, but we are. We promise you, we are very aware that this is not real treatment for panic attacks. I think elements of these things are helpful in keeping them at bay, but they are not just doable like, right. at yeah. all times. So yeah. that being said, Sarah Khan has, of course, called the doctor for a house visit. And she basically is like, Sarah Khan, nothing is wrong with you. Uh-huh. And he's like, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the <laughs> hospital and run some tests. And she's like, no, Sarah Khan Bay, you have emotional problems. <laughs> And he's like, emo- thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and he's like, emotional. And she's like, emotional. And he's like, how is that? She says, you're worried too much, and this can lead to panic attacks. <laughs> really? <laughs> Panicking can lead to panic attacks. So he, she's like, but therefore, it will give you the impression that you're having heart problems. And he says, well. How can these panic attacks be dealt with? And this is great advice. First, you need to calm down your emotions. <laughs> really? Nice and easy. Uh-huh. No problem. Very simple to do that. And please, stay away from what's bothering you. <laughs> like, okay. And then she says, if possible, do something to relax you. Please be among people who bring you joy. So then, of course, we get this series of flashbacks to mm-hmm. the person who brings him joy, Edda, and we're flashing back to the waterfall and the swimming. And after he puts the towel around her, when he gets her out of the pool, when he tells Safi to drain it, and mm-hmm. when they're dancing at the engagement party, and he's, he, he tells the doctor, he says, I understand, but unfortunately in my situation, this isn't possible. But the doctor's like, well, just try to do what I said anyways. <laughs> You'll feel a lot better. And he's Mm -hmm. like, okay. And so then he's like, well, thank you for coming. And she leaves. So (laughs) clearly this is – we're going to file this under the whole Sonem is the cure for um, amnesia. Uh, Edda is the cure for these panic attacks. So um, later on, Edda arrives. I love this because as she's walking in, he can't see her the way his, you know, he's wrapped in a blanket and his back's facing the door. And he's like, Safi, I'm fine. Leave me alone. Just go. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, it was Safi who called, but that's not who's walking in. And yeah. he doesn't send her out. As no, a matter he of, doesn't. As a matter of fact, she walks right up to him, presses her lips against his forehead, and says, yeah, you do have a temperature, but it's not that high. And he's like, I have a thermometer, Edda. <laughs> yeah, act like you don't like it, Sarah Convey. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, a thermometer can take your temperature, but I just relaxed you. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, these two. And he so, can't even argue with that. He- no, he can't. He can't. So Celine arrives, talks to Aidan, and Aidan basically is like, yeah, he's not feeling good. I think it's because he's so conflicted because he hasn't given you an answer yet. And I think that's why he's not feeling well. And you should go talk to him. So before Celine gets in there, though, um, she's like, Edda had brought stuff. And she's like, you know what you need? And he says, I do. But somehow I now doubt everything. Mm. But, of course, she's like, you need Linden tea and, like, goes and makes him tea. So Yeah. Um, but, you know, Serkan says he's fine. She doesn't need to do all of this. But she just ignores him, closes his computer, and she's like, it's done. You're done working. It's time to be a patient. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, are you shivering? Because he's, like, in his blanket and kind of shaking. And he's like, it's psychological. Um, you know, I'm taking well, medicine. Yeah, it's from the meds. Yeah, that he took. So he's curious why she's even there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, But at the same time, he just wants her to stay. Because mm-hmm. he's like, why are you here? And she's like, oh, well, do you want me to leave? And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he slams the brakes on that idea. <laughs> he's like, I'm just curious. I'm just interested in why. Uh-huh. And she doesn't really answer. And she's like, I'm going to make you soup. But – as she starts to get up, he grabs her hand. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't need soup. And we all know the subtext of what he needs is her. I need you. And he's like, okay, Ada, I want to tell you something. And oh the moment God. is ruined because by stupid Celine. Stupid. I really wrote stupid Celine knocks on the door. Oh, my gosh. Not the I door said- we want knocked on, you guys. No, I said Selenus Interruptus. Mm-hmm. But you <laughs> notice how annoyed he is at her? She he's comes so in irritated. and he's like, great, Safi and my mom and you. And he's like, it's just a cold. Now, listen, coming from Serkan Bolat, the fact that he's using it's just a cold as an excuse to get rid of her is beyond telling. Because oh, yeah. this dude checks his pulse. If he even remotely thinks one of his employees is sick, everyone has to, like, get tested and – They all have to go home. And they all have to, like, go, go home under quarantine. Yep. Yes. So the fact that he's like, it's just a cold, I'm fine. Like, who are you? Who I know. are you even? So – But all that Ada notices is the fact that Celine says, are you sure? You only get ill when you're upset. Everyone knows that. And Edda's like, oh, except for me. So mm-hmm. I'll be going. <laughs> and because, of course, Celine rubs it in. She's like, oh, it's normal. It's just because I've known him for years. Now, Sarkhan, listen, I know you're sick, but you could have – you could have stepped in and, like, put her in her place at this point. I well, mean – Well, and at least – I mean, because Edda walks out mm-hmm. and – the second that Celine is like, oh, can I get you tea? Should I have Safi? Should I have Safi make you soup? <laughs> she doesn't even offer to do any of this for him. She's like, I'll get Safi to get no. you some something. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, no, I'm fine. And he gets rid of her in like two seconds. And he's like, all I want is to sleep. Well, I'll be fine. I also love that he's like, it does done everything. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, all I need is sleep. So yeah, exactly. he's like, I just need sleep, a.k.a. leave goodbye. And I I wrote LOL at Celine trying to school Edda 
And then Edda being the one who winds up schooling her, how she's like, well, you know, Serkan gets like this and he doesn't want anyone there. He just needs to sleep. And she's like, well, I'm staying. Yep. And she's I like, love that. She's like, we'll call if you need me. And she's like, we won't. There's me. There's Safi. There's Sirius. I love that. <laughs> I love that. She's like, Sirius will do more good than you will. It's so good. Bye. So, <laughs> so Celine is like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. And then she leaves and Edda's like, yeah, I'll probably never talk to you again. Because <laughs> Edda thinks she's leaving. She thinks everything's over. Right. So uh, I fair – we get a little quick – <laughs> Aw. Zuzu saying good morning to everybody. So Ifair uh is cooking with Fifi and Melo, and Melo's like, Oh, my brother-in-law is sick. I'm gonna make him some soup. And Fifi's like, I'm so annoyed at him. <laughs> he only causes problems. Uh-huh. And Ifair eventually just loses it and she spills the whole mm-hmm. news about the fact that everything was fake. And but she thinks she doesn't really believe that they didn't know. Yeah. Um, but they tell her they're like, we had no idea that yeah. any of this was going on. We had no idea this was fake. But that's essentially that scene. Is yeah. She spills the news to them um, and then is continues to be upset about the lies and the situation. Mm-hmm. But then we get to the best part of a sick trope. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I know. This whole – oh, my gosh. Listen, from this part on, I've rewatched this specific part, like, from this scene to the end, like, Mm -hmm. while I'm eating lunch, when I'm eating dinner. Like, I haven't rewatched the entire episode that many times, but I definitely have rewatched from this point on because Mm -hmm. it is just so good. It's great. Because she's kind of putting a hot cloth or a warm cloth on – or a cool cloth. Who knows? She's putting a cloth on his forehead. She's tending to the ill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's staring at her like oh my gosh. she is the sun and the moon and the stars and everything that is good on this – in this world. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? Why are you looking at me like that? And he <laughs> says, because you're so beautiful. Send Nekadar Guzelson. Oh. And she's like, oh, can hallucinations be a side effect of this drug? <laughs> and this is when she's like, you need to sleep. And he's like, nope, I don't. He like sits up. He's like, I don't want to sleep. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Five minutes ago you did, sir. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. He doesn't need sleep when Edda is around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. Here so. we go. I have theories. <laughs> Oh, do you look at this? I printed out an entire thing. Did of you my analysis? <gasps> oh, is it is it a numerology analysis? Because no, I- is yours? Uh huh. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Because I was interested. Okay, 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 okay. Let's do this. So Eda mm-hmm. sees the little prince, and she's like, "Oh, is that the little prince?" And he's like, "Yeah, uh, my dad buys it for me every year." I guess, yes, they're mine, but it's not really a collection. My dad just buys them for me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, it's one of my favorite books. Can I grab it? <clears throat> and so she grabs it. Yes, she does. And uh, she's like, okay, um, now we're going to do more fortune. So mm-hmm. give me a page number. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh. so we get fortunes from music. We get fortunes from books. Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful. So she's like, all right, come on. 
pick a pick a page. Uh-huh. Now, okay, so as I was doing my research, I was like, these pages are inaccurate. Nope. They do not match. No, they don't. So not those at all. numbers have to mean something. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't take credit. Hannah, our friend Hannah is the one who was like, you know, those pages don't I don't think those pages match. She's like, mm-hmm. so I would be doing some numerology research if I were you. And I was like, you're a genius. I'm doing this. So go ahead, though. Okay. Well, maybe we can kind of like go back and forth with it. Because okay. my whole thing was these these co- these quotes were just insanely symbolic. Yes. That was my whole thing. Yes. So his first quote is – on your planet, said the little prince, people grow 5,000 roses in one garden, and they still don't find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. They don't, I answered. But what they're looking for can be found in one rose in one sip of water. Now, that's where Edda stops. Yes. But if she were to keep going mm-hmm. in that passage, what it would read is, of course, I answered. That's the pilot mm-hmm. speaking. And the little prince added, but eyes are but the eyes are blind. You have to look with the heart. Uh-huh. Which that's some so, foreshadowing. It um, is. And it's very symbolic because Serkan grew up with great wealth, great opportunity. He grew mm-hmm. up with five thousand roses, so to speak, in mm-hmm. one garden. I think that that can almost be like Celine is the five thousand roses mm-hmm. because it's all this it's everything that's supposed to be right and supposed to be good for him. But Everything that he's looking for, if he were to look with his heart, all that he needs is Edda, one Mm -hmm. rose. One rose. And one refreshing sip of water, which Mm -hmm. is Edda. Yes. So that page that she was supposedly reading off of, Serkan chose. 16. Which was page 16. So I kind of have the theory that the pages that they're picking are actually more descriptive of the other person. So like he's picking page 16, but because okay. numeral the and then I didn't do a super deep dive. You guys can go a lot deeper on this, but essentially, uh the number 16 resonates with wisdom, independence, and family. Uh it's a number of introspection and tends to be independent. The number 16 is both spiritual and a philosopher. And you know, that seems very much more Edda. She's you know, um, I, I would call her independent. Family is clearly very important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, I would say she's more on the philosophical side than she is on uh, the other side of that, you know, just with the way she tends to live her life. And right. um, so that – so that's what number 16 means. Okay. Okay. So her first choice is page eight. Mm-hmm. And the quote is, suddenly I've silenced the whole world so you can speak. How can you be so silent? So obviously, if Serkan would only tell her mm-hmm. how he feels, if he would only tell her mm-hmm. not to go and spoke his feelings, mm-hmm. then everything would be okay. So did you actually find which quote? Because I I marked where these quotes actually were. I could not find this quote in The Little Prince. Um. Now did I you, can't remember if I did. Okay. Because a couple of them were changed. Yes. To, or or kind of seemed like they mushed a couple different parts together. Yes. But I yeah. could not find this one at all. So I don't know if this was purely artistic uh, liberty or if it's just because it's translated from French to Turkish and it's translated from French to English and we just 
you know, got very different translated lines. Yeah, it might have been completely made up. Okay. Well, regardless, <laughs> yeah. let me read to you about the number eight, who, okay. which, which Eda chose. Of all the numbers in numerology, the number eight is the achiever and measures life by the goals it reaches. Mm. It has good business sense, a powerful presence, and a strong drive for success. The Dang. number uh-huh. The number eight is also a symbol of balance. You can see it in its symmetrical shape. For every blessing it receives, it puts one back out to the universe. When things are balanced, they feel stable, controlled, and supported, which is the most productive environment for the eight to work in. Wow. Uh-huh. And yeah, I mean, there's more you can go into that, but I mean, hello. Like, mm-hmm. is that not Sercombola? Like 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next page. So his next pick is 62, and the quote is, I never got the truth. We must judge not with words, but with deeds. She gave me her fragrance. She illuminated my life. Uh, it could also be planet, but I like life better for this situation. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't leave her, and she – I won't leave her because she won't be able to live without me. So what's missing from this quote is, mm. she perfumed my planet and lit up my life. I should never have run away. But I was too young to know how to love her. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, Serkan has a hard time speaking, but his that quote, we must judge not with words, but with deeds. Mm-hmm. He is screaming with his actions. Uh-huh. And everything that he's doing is really explaining how he really feels. Yep. So they both, but they both need to judge each other by their deeds and not just by their inability to speak their feelings. Yep. And we we know and we will also find out that Serkan will not be able to leave his rose. He won't be able to leave Eda because she illuminated his life Mm-mm. and gave his life new meaning. She helped him to remember that he was alive as Aidan says later on. Which yeah, I'll okay, I'll I'll say more about that when we get to that scene cuz okay. I yeah. Yeah. Um. So, and that was page, you know, 62. Mm-hmm. Here's what the number 62 is. When angel number 62 shows up over and over in your life, it's a sign from your angels that abundance will soon be coming. This abundance will help bring stability and harmonious relationships to your domestic situation. Okay. Mm. His family was like all falling apart. Even Idon mm-hmm. later says, you got, you, you dusted us off. You like reminded us all that we're a family that, yep. you know, we can move forward. So, uh, tell me. So, and again, number eights thrive off of stability and balance in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and it says, uh, so number 62 carries a message from your angle angels about your professional achievements and how they will impact your family relationships and domestic situations. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So our last one mm-hmm. is you should never listen to what the flowers say. Flowers are defenseless. They don't know what evil is. They try to rely on each other in the end. And looking at themselves, they think they're strong. So this to me is a bit of a mashup of there's kind of a whole thing on roses and their thorns. Mm-hmm. And the little prince is like, oh, you know, she thinks that she's strong. But she really isn't – she's really just defenseless because mm-hmm. his rose, you know, has a lot of vibrato and and says that she's defeated a tiger and all this silly stuff. Yes. Um, so that was supposedly page 43 is what 
Edda had chosen for that. Yeah. Um, well, real quick, oh, I was uh-huh. just going to say, I, I think this is basically just the two of them, they need to rely on each other. Separately, mm-hmm. they're defenseless, but together they can be strong. Yeah. So. I agree. So that was Edda's choice for page 43, which I kind of laughed because actually that quote I'm pretty sure is on the same page as the the, la- the last quote. They're like on yeah. the same page. But anyways, so 43. What is special about the number 43? Angel number 43 is special because uh, your guardian angels are encouraging you to be creative in everything that you do. It tells you that creativity greatly helps in realizing your dreams and making a difference in society. It's an an angel number that also notifies you that it's time to make a difference in your life by setting new goals, having achieved the old ones you'd set for yourself earlier. Uh, They encourage you to maintain a spirit of curiosity that will make you an even better person. Uh, You're encouraged to develop a spirit of optimism and do your best to be enthusiastic in every aspect of your life. Like, and if Serkan's not doing that for her, like, wants her to realize her dreams, wants her to, you know, like when they go to that uh, golf course to plan it and he's like, maybe you just don't really fully know what you're capable of. Right. Like, is he not, is he not encouraging her creativity? Has he not made it clear? Like, it's good that you want to go to school. I mean, he wants to help make it happen. He wants her to go to her last year. He wants to pay for that. So I just thought it was so crazy that if, if this is a coincidence, it is quite the coincidence because these numbers describe each other so yeah. dang well. Yeah. Like, anyways. Yeah, that's great. That's uh-huh. Awesome. So, ugh, I so, just love it so much. Mm-hmm. So, he ends up she, – she's like, okay, I should go. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, will you stay a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. And she yes, immediately says yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, I can stay a little longer. So he's like, okay, well, while I fall asleep, why don't you tell me everything you're going to do in Italy? So she talks Mm -hmm. at him and he Mm -hmm. gets all relaxed and ends up falling asleep. And the second he falls asleep, it's interesting because Ida writes him a note. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I guess she's leaving. But we get a time jump and she hasn't gone anywhere. Right. So she is like getting – she's kind of, you know – organizing stuff and Serkan starts to stir in his mm-hmm. sleep and he is clearly having an upsetting dream or a nightmare because he starts to say like don't go don't go I don't want to go and um he we get a little flash into what he is reliving and it's when he was a boy and his parents are sending him away. He's asking, where is his brother? Oh, my gosh. He's really upset. He doesn't want to leave, doesn't want to leave. So here is the crux of his abandonment issues. And he is so – because we didn't know how old he – all we know is that he lost his brother a while ago. Mm-hmm. But he could have been 20 when that happened. He could have right. been – we didn't know when that was. He was a little boy. And – you know, clearly we can see maybe this is where the start of some of Idon's struggles uh, yes. with anxiety were because she's yes. on medicine and she's in bed and, yep. you know, it's dad who's driving him to boarding school and telling dad him like – Dad isn't even driving him. He's putting him in the car. Oh, see, I thought he walked back around and got in the front seat and was taking him. Um, I, I thought he just put him in the car. Okay. And, but maybe I maybe I didn't see that correctly. I mean, 
either way, he's sending – he's shipping his kid off to yeah. a different country. And, yeah. you know, he's telling him it's going to be good for you. You're going to make friends there. But Serkan is just saying, I don't want to leave you guys. I want yeah. to be here with you. Where is my brother? Like, mm-hmm. so clearly brother – had just passed away recently if he's mm-hmm. still asking where he is right and you know I, and here's my thing like in general i i think it's not really fair to judge the way people grieve because everybody grieves differently right at a loss and i won't even remotely pretend to know what it's like to lose a child mm-hmm. but i don't know man sending your your surviving son away who is also struggling who's just a little boy who needs like his family and his mom and his dad to like lean on and they clearly thought this was going to be better for him and i'm assuming baba was like mom's mom is not capable right now she's struggling so let's put sarkhan in a more stable environment but clearly what he needed was his family whether it was going to be really hard or not like yeah yeah, I'm curious if the death had something to do with home or something close to home. Mm-hmm. And if it was a situation like they felt like they were keeping him safer by sending him away. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there's got to be some sort of big reason for them to have done this. Yeah. So it – But yeah. we, we get the the explanation of why – he would say something like, I don't know how to tell people who are set on leaving to stay. Yeah. I, that That's – why would he do that yeah. after he's been through something like this? Yeah. So, so he's still sleeping and he starts to mumble and mm-hmm. he's like, please, please stay with me. Mm-hmm. And he says, Eda, in his sleep, he says – don't leave me. Let me come with you. And she's like, Serkan, Serkan, where? And he's like, wherever you want to Italy. Oh my gosh. And he's just, oh, I, she's just looking at him. Of course, he's all, he's broken out in sweat and she's still dabbing him with a cool cloth. And well, he's like, I'm cold. It's cold. Yep. And so once he says that, the boots come off and girlfriend, crawls under that blanket with him so fast and she's just kind of cradling and holding him like yeah she doesn't really know what else to do she's clearly overwrought with emotion but just wants to help him physically and you know i love that at this point idon walks up with another tray of stuff and sees them Mm -hmm. and backs away yeah um but i also think this was the big um this was the big catalyst in maybe why she was harsher than I think she should have been in her conversation with Edda the next morning mm-hmm. um, because I think it became clear that lines were getting blurred yeah, and whatnot between them. Um, oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I wrote um, – she gets under the blanket and just holds him. My feelings, his feelings, her feelings were all just a big ball of feelings. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Well, and the second she lays with him, he settles down. Right. Yep. Yep. He settles down and then we leave that scene. So we assume that that situation's now under control. And um, yeah, we, we get the quick Idon Alptekin makeup scene. Yes. Um, and then it's the next morning. Mm-hmm. So they wake up together. Oh, <sighs> this was so good. And then it all was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they wake up together and it's all sweet and she's mm-hmm. staring at him. 
And she's smiling and she's happy. And he's like, oh, Edda, you stayed. And she's like, You asked. (laughs) You asked me to stay. Do you not remember? And he's like, no, no, I don't remember that. Well, she immediately takes this as he didn't mean to do this and he's not happy that he asked me to stay and I have to leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because how can your pride not be hurt if that were to happen to you too? Well, yeah. And like here's the thing too that he didn't take note of at the time. But yeah, he was in a fever. But the fact of the matter is she proved her point when she tells him – when she had told him earlier – All you need to do is tell someone to stay. And when he asked her to stay last night, she stayed. So it's like, listen, Mm -hmm. you asked, she stayed. So ask again. Like, ask her to stay. But But he he blames the meds and I think he legitimately thinks it was just the medication. Oh, completely. And he doesn't actually remember. That's why he's confused that she's in his arms when he wakes up. I don't think this was even a defense mechanism. Like, he – like, really didn't remember any of this. Yeah, yeah. So she asks him twice <laughs> if he doesn't remember. And he tells her again. And he's like, well, I'll, I'm going to take a shower and then we can eat breakfast. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, of course you're going to stay and we're going to spend more time together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the shower and she le- she gets her stuff and she leaves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she's gone before he even gets out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is kind of, again, we touched on this a little bit. We get an Angan parole interaction at Art Life where she's like, I can't believe Sarkon stayed home sick, blah, blah, blah. And I love it because Angan's like, well, he's actually not a robot parole. He's a human. Mm -hmm. Like, I know we all joke, but he actually is a person. And then they kind of – this is when the things sort of spiral down with Jiren and the fact he winds up Googling her, yada, yada. And then – so that's really all that happens there. Um, So Sarkon – oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say we we quickly see Sarkon come out of the shower. He can't find Edda. He picks up the note. Well, it's ripped. It's, oh, I didn't notice that. Yes, she tore it into pieces, but <gasps> she didn't throw it away. She left it on that tray. So Okay, but when he looks at it later, it's one piece. It's taped together. Oh. Boyfriend taped it together because he needed to see what she wrote. Mm-hmm. I did no. not even so, – I didn't even notice the note at all the first time I watched this episode. So, yeah. So, she places the note the night before when we assume she was probably going to leave and then winds up helping him because he started stirring in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And then after she realizes he doesn't remember anything, she rips that note up but leaves it on that tray. Okay. So, because he picks it up and there's like at least two pieces in his hands. Okay. But it looks like more. So. Okay. Then we pan over because Edda's leaving and she comes to say goodbye to Idon, who for the very first time calls her Edda mm-hmm. and says, yeah, come sit down. So Edda's like, my contract with Sercon has ended. Sercon and Celine will be united. And Idon's like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. And she says, yes, and I'm going to Italy tonight. I just wanted to say goodbye to you. And Idon says, what will you do in Italy? She says, well, I asked her company for a scholarship to finish there last year, but it didn't work out. And Idon's like, yes, I remember. Uh, Sarkon handed over the scholarship, would hand over the scholarship once you ended the contract. She says, yeah, but it's not actually about that. I'm taking a a scholarship from someone else, but that doesn't matter. I just wanted to say goodbye. But Idon, you know, uh, questions, which I understand, like, okay, well, if you didn't do this for the scholarship – why did you play this game? That's a good question. 
And you know what? Her answer is just for Sarkhan. I know. And I love it because Idon grabs her hand at this point and says, Etta, you are a very, very special girl. I will never forget what you did for me, for Sarkhan and even Alptekin in such a short time. Mm-hmm. And she says, I didn't do anything. And she says, you did. You brushed the dust off of us. You reminded Sarkhan that he is alive, which you touched on. And, you know, she says, but now, now Sarkhan must correct his mistake and return to Selene. Mm-hmm. He needs someone who knows him and whom he can trust. Now, here's the thing. You literally just said that this woman reminded your son that he's alive. Yeah. Something Selene couldn't do for the entirety of the time they've known each other. Yeah. Because they've known each other since they were kids and were in a relationship for three years. But somehow in your head, you still think Celine is who is going to do all of this for him. Yeah. And even Edda says, and that's Celine. And she says, yes, it's Celine. I think Sarkhan got so sick because Celine is getting married. And, you know, part of me is like, do you actually believe that? Because I don't. Like, I mean, we know better, but I don't believe she actually believes that. I don't either. Because yeah. – I, I think it's – I think she's trying to convince herself. I think the potential of her son marrying a poor girl or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, a non-high society girl, I think it kind of scares her. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why she can't admit. Yeah. Yep. So she basically says, and maybe he can't admit it. And Edda uh, says, don't worry. I'm going to take care of that, which is our first indication that – a scene later that comes was coming. Yeah. And um and Idon says, and now you don't you don't need to mess with Serkan's head. In playing this game, you guys spent a lot of time together, and I think some lines were crossed. But she says, but everyone should live the life that was meant for him. And that, right there. That I think is why she cannot admit the feelings that she ha- she herself has seen mm-hmm. between the two of them. Yeah. Because she thinks they're supposed to live these specific lives mm-hmm. because of their background, mm-hmm. their upbringing, etc. And that, I think, is why she's still on Team Celine. Okay. So Edda's like, I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she says, please don't worry. I'm really leaving. And Idan says, I'm glad you're happy. Italy will do you good. Now, Edda said nothing about being happy, but okay. <laughs> And But I do like that Aiden says, if you need anything, call me, okay? Yes. But then this is where – this broke me because she says, and please keep that ring. And Edda says, why? Oh, because you guys don't take back gifts, right? And Aiden could have just left it at that and said, yes, so please don't offend us. But she but says – it's all telling. But she says, no, so that Serkan won't remember you every time he looks at it. And the stricken look on Edda's face. After this, she just gets up and just says, take care of yourself, Idan Hunnam. And she yeah. leaves. And I, I mean, and I know that's not really a Sarkon siren, but it kind of is because clearly Idan is making it clear she has witnessed things between them. Exactly. It, it, so, so again, like, Sarkon has feelings for you. Like, yes. To the yep. point where even his mom can see it. Mm-hmm. But she nopes yep. on out of there. And I put in our hearts collectively broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
we get Engin coming to Duran's office to confront her about the lies. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Uh, Farid comes and he updates Alptekin on the situation. Mm-hmm. Alptekin basically is like, yeah, listen, this is the biggest regret of my life. And we'll do everything we can to meet the qualifications that this company is asking for. Right. It's the greatest shame. It'll never happen again. I've done everything now since then to ensure things like that don't happen. We don't take on jobs that we can't handle. We don't subcontract, yada, yada. Yeah. But the big takeaway is that he says Sercon can never find out. Yes. So, and Ferri, for for now, (laughs) promises that he won't let Sarkon find out. So <sighs> yeah, I I'm so split here because I said this is bad, y'all. Real bad. Because we're Ferit can go one of two ways here. He can continue to be the Ferit he has been the last eleven episodes. Mm-hmm. Or this could very well be a setup that we're really gonna villainize him. Like well, he could be Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Khan is gone, mm-hmm. and then we get a scene later on between mm-hmm. Baba Bolat and Serkan where a big bomb is dropped. Yep. So I'm nervous about Farid. <laughs> I completely am too, especially after the fragments, which we can touch on those at the end. But I just uh, – he can he's, – he's at a fork in the road right now, and I'm very concerned which way he's going to go. Yeah. So – uh, now, Idon approaches Serkan and she's like, hey, so you going to talk to Celine? You're just going to keep torturing her because she broke up with you? Like, how long are you going to let this play out? Because you're getting what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And he just is like, uh, have you seen Edda? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, uh, no, she was here, but she just left. And she's like, you know, seems like you were on a lot of medicine last night. Maybe, you know, things were said and done that were a little weird and – He's like, yeah, yeah, medicine head, whatever. And he, she's like, well, Ada just came to say goodbye that she finished the contract. It was over. And then we come full circle because not for the first time he says, well, he says, when she said goodbye to you, he asks, did she say anything about me? Oh, Sarkon. And, you know, she's like, no, she didn't. But, you know, just that she's leaving for Italy tonight. And he's like, Buakshan? Record scratch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Buakshan? Like, he is, like, Italy tonight. She's like, yeah, but anyways, Celine would give up her life for you. So, you know, go get her. Like, she's just. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it. But she's like, listen, Sircon, Italy's what Edda has wanted. This is what she's been working towards. Like, this isn't new information. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be good for her. And what she really means is it'll be good that you two are several, several miles apart on in two different countries. Exactly. So, so we <laughs> see Edda. She's apologizing and reconciling with the girls. They're upset at her. But everybody ends up forgiving her. You know, she's yes. like, look <laughs> – I made this choice and now I'm paying for the consequences and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how they all have had secrets and they're all promising to never have secrets again, except conveniently for Fifi. Uh She doesn't say – she admits nothing and she promises no keeping of secrets at all. No, she does not. She's very obviously quiet when everyone's like, we promise. Um, But there's still a group hug and things are good between them. Now Mm – Quick time out. So in the fragment, mm-hmm. uh, 
we get a better close up on that on those articles we've already seen um, in this episode. Yeah. And it talks about the heirs to the Yildrum Jewelry Empire. Mm-hmm. Fifi's last name is Yildrum. Uh-huh. And so – and then we also see the information about where Edda was born. And it seems that she was born a Yildiz because for a while we are like, oh, so her original last name was Yildrum. She and Fifi must be related somehow, but maybe last name changed so – they couldn't be tracked back to grandma, but it seems like maybe her parents are the ones who changed their last name before Edda was even born to maybe kind of separate themselves from the whole Yildrum Empire type of a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious how that's going to play out because there's no way it's an oversight that the last name Yildrum is the jewelry empire that her parents were heirs to or whatever, but Fifi's last name is also Yildrum. So hmm. interesting. Very interesting. Um, also, I just said, wouldn't it be curious if the very exclusively and specially designed engagement ring that Sercon picked out happened to be a Yildrum original on Edda's finger and oh, we I just totally don't know it? Uh huh. Yeah. So totally I'm. Very curious how this is all going to play out. Like, are they cousins? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Like, and well, and nobody knows what Fifi does. Right. So maybe she runs the whole empire now and she's like the main, she's like the CEO of the jewelry empire. Which is possible. Although, in her character thing that we did uh, for DZ Law under her character arc it's like nobody knows what she does but she doesn't ever take money from her family so Hmm, she's just a big ball of mystery like yeah i but the whole her not taking money from her family would be on par with the fact that edda doesn't either like and yeah and maybe if even if she is somehow related mm -hmm. it's a similar situation where she's like well they don't own me and I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Yeah. So hmm. there's this whole – yeah, I'm curious to see how that's all going to unravel. Yeah. Um, so anyways, all, hugs all around. They're going to have an, a farewell dinner at iFairs tonight. Edda mm-hmm. says she has to go do something first, but she'll be back soon. Yeah. We get a very quick serious. Mm-hmm. Sirius has Edda's uh, sleeping mask. Uh-huh. And – what Sercon says to him uh-huh. is definitely not about Sirius, but about Sercon. <laughs> and he says, Sirius Bunet, he says, I know you don't want Edda to leave, but nothing can be done. <laughs> and like, I wrote, that's not true, Sercon Bay. Actually, there is something you can do. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, he mm-hmm. doesn't think there is anything. So we have Alptikin telling Idon about the accident mm-hmm. and that's a kind of a good bonding moment between the two of them. Yeah, he just so. admits everything that we already explained and yes, real quick though, mm-hmm. he does say a name. He yes. says he handed the work over to Tashar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, they wouldn't there wouldn't just be a name thrown into this conversation if there were no meaning. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure at some point we will find out who Tashar is. Whether it was Khan's dad. That's what I think. Yeah. Which is my first inclination. Um, or if it ends up being something else. So we'll see. Yeah. I 
Yeah, I don't, the reason I think it's Khan's dad is because it would explain the animosity between them. Because if right. Alp Takin severed any ties to from his company being a part of that job, mm-hmm. it would explain why there's there was this separation, um, yes. business wise, and then personally, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious, yeah, who he is. So we have Edda staring at her ring in a cafe. Well, before that, I fair we get the reveal that it was. Um. Uh, Edda's parents. Oh yes, because she's that was killed because she's yes. looking through the photo album, and it's the same news clippings. Yes, thank but you. That's really the whole po- only point of that scene. So. Yes, yes, you're right. So, but it is a big scene. So, yeah. Um, so she's sitting in a cafe with her ring on, looking at it, and Celine walks in. So you were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. Now I have so many feelings about this because. Edda basically spills the beans. She's like, look, we both know Sarah. Like, he loves you. And she's like, I'm uncomfortable. You're his fiance. She's like, I'm not his fiance, actually. Tells her the whole thing. Now, sorry, but Celine, what she should have done was like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? He went through all the – like, screw him. I'm done. Yeah. But of course, that's not what he she does. He couldn't just talk to me. He had yes. to get a fake fiance mm-hmm. to win me back and try to break me up rather than just flat out saying, like, I love you. Please be mm-hmm. with me. So, because Especially he doesn't. after she just served herself up on a silver platter. Yes, exactly. Two days so, prior. Exactly. So, yeah, he's gone through all this trouble and then he can't even, he couldn't even tell me right then. He still took the two days that I gave him. Like, there are so many things wrong with this. Mm-hmm. Like, Anyways, so, however, I wrote, Edda spills the beans. Now, I go between wanting to slap her (laughs) for doing Uh this and understanding that she thinks she is helping his happiness even when it means sacrificing her own. Right. But I'm like, but also, like, it's no longer your problem that Serkan can't speak for himself. Like, yeah. You, like, you should have just gone to Italy. Yeah. Um, You didn't, part of me is like, this wasn't part of your contract. You didn't need to do this. You way overstepped. But mm-hmm. then also I could see her being like, I put all this work in. I'm going to make sure he gets what she thinks he wants. Right. Um, so I'm just going to make it happen. Yeah. The only thing is after the end of this episode, I'm like, ugh, like Celine's really going to be in for some whiplash because, yes, <laughs> you know, totally. she thinks he's going to be coming and tell- confessing his feelings to her for mm-hmm. her and it's not going to be that. Like, so – Right. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, she basically is like, Serkan wants you. That's all you need to know. What else is there to do? Goodbye. Like, Yeah. And then she leaves. She's visibly upset mm-hmm. because, you know, she's just handed over the man that she loves yeah. to the woman that he is, quote, the, be- the best with. Mm-hmm. So um, we already talked about Angin. Yeah, he finally gives Peril a potted plant and they're friends again. <laughs> yeah. And then we have just kind of a cute final family dinner with mm-hmm. Ada and the girls and Erdem. And they're all telling each other to keep in touch. They're, they know that she's going to get the scholarship and it's all very cute. So now we get a big discussion oh. between Abtakin and Serkan. This was a short but very pivotal scene. It really was because mm. – Ooh, Alptikin breaks some big news mm-hmm. that Ferit is now officially a shareholder of the holding. and A very small one, but a shareholder nonetheless. Yeah, it's e- even... <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, and Sarkhan's like, well, 
of course he is because you don't listen to me. I keep telling you this is a mistake. Don't involve him. He's going to be trouble for us. But you don't listen. So, of course, you made him a shareholder. And, you know, and Baba's like, listen, you know, maybe I am making a mistake. Maybe you're Mm -hmm. right. But, you know, I've also raised – I've raised you so that basically like – I didn't take screenshots of this. If you have any, feel free to read them because I know Baba says something very specific. Yeah, I have a few. Um, um, yes, he says, yes, I may be I may be wrong and you may be right, but I've always wanted the right thing, the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. And, if, and I said if – or I thought if I push you hard enough, you won't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah Khan says – and I my note on my notes is there it is. Yep. Because Serkan says, my brother, two weeks after he died, after just two weeks, you sent me abroad Mm. to a private school. At such a young age, thanks to you, I learned not to trust anyone but myself. Therefore, I've never even had the privilege of making a mistake. This gutted (sighs) me. I know. Two weeks after his brother died. And he's like, this great conversation we're having right now. It's too late. Yeah, it's decades too late. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> I just – and then, I, yeah, I wrote, my poor baby, and then he's just out of there because yeah. what else is there to say? What yeah. else is there to say? And yeah. while I'm sure Baba thought at the time they were doing the best they could, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they were doing the best they could, Yes. just because you're doing the best you can doesn't mean what you're doing isn't damaging. Exactly. And we're clearly seeing that. So – Yep. Uh, I wrote Celine and her feathers are contemplating because she's got feather portraits on her wall. She's got feathers on her dress hanging in front of her. Like, what is with all the feathers? So uh, she's contemplating clearly between Ferry and Serkan, even mm-hmm. though Serkan hasn't actually given her any type of an answer. No, um, he hasn't. And I wrote, meanwhile, choke handsome Ferry in a tux. He looks so good. He does. He does. And he's all excited because it's their wedding rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, are you ready? <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'll be ready in just a minute. And that's – yeah, that's that for right now. Yeah. So Sarah Khan, <laughs> of course, call Ada's phone rings and she like is out on her little balcony and she's like, oh my gosh, why? Why are you still calling me? Because at this point, I think it just hurts every mm-hmm. time there's more communication or he reaches out yeah, because she's, she's like – trying to cut ties and help right. her poor heart. And right. he just keeps calling. Yep. So – but again, Sarah Khan sirens that she's just not – Seeing or hearing. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, because what does he ask her? Yeah, he's like, well, he says, you're leaving tonight? And she says, yes. And he says, um, well, do you want to go on one last walk with me in Sirius? <laughs> and she says, I'd like to, but. And he's like, okay, fine. Never mind. Forget it. Uh... And just forget it. And she says, host to call Serkan Bola. And he says, don't, Don't make, make, make me, me say goodbye, goodbye Edda Yildiz. That was my next Serkan Siren. I mean, oh. if that is not the loudest, the brightest, the most obnoxious siren that there is, besides him just literally verbal vomiting that he loves her, I, like, I know. I don't know. make me say goodbye. Edda, why else would he not want to say goodbye to you? I know. Like, and this is the beginning of everybody losing their minds. Yes. This is when I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, 
at this point, my heart is just in smithereens. Uh-huh. Like, I've well, then di- everybody's saying goodbye to Edda. The the fa- the girls are all you know hugging at the her, taxi, all emotional. And here comes Serkan driving up. I was like, his car is right there. Okay. Oh my gosh. And like, here's my thing too. Like, granted, I do love how this pl- how everything wound up playing out. Mm-hmm. However, I can't help but wonder what would have happened if he would have just stormed right through that crowd of people at the taxi, like just spit out that he loves her, she can't leave, he doesn't want to know what life is like without her, like in front of everyone like that, because everyone but Erdem in that crowd knows at this point that it was a farce, the whole engagement. Right. So I feel like that would have done so much for them being like, oh, crap, your feelings are real. Like, because – I don't think he's there yet. Well, and I, you're right. Exactly. That It wouldn't have been Sercon. Like, right. I would have liked to see that just for what it would have taken care of with sure. her people. Yes. Which – It would have accomplished a lot. Which I kind of laugh because um, as I was reading through The Little Prince, because like you, I was reading like some of the stuff written before and after the passages um, that they mm-hmm. read just to get more context. And several different times, it talks about the only thorns that the rose has to protect her are these four thorns. And I just think it's funny that she's got Ifair, Melo, oh. Fifi, and Jaren. Like, like they're her four thorns. Um, that but- is a really good observation. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I just hit the mic again. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa. Uh-huh. Um, so anyways – I'm like she her thorns are hugging her and sending mm-hmm. her off to Italy thornless. All her thorns have been taken off. She's yeah, vulnerable and um but yeah, so he doesn't get out of the car. I wanted him to, but I didn't because I wanted him to because of what the gesture would have been, but I didn't because it would not have been Sercon. Like he's barely right. coming to terms with the fact of admitting to himself, I think that he loves her and doesn't want her to leave, so to do that in a crowd of people just wouldn't exactly. It wouldn't mesh with him. Exactly. But when um well he calls Celine mm-hmm. after she drives away and that i think he's trying to make get his own closure with, yes with edda by seeing her leave mm-hmm. and then he's like okay well now i'm going to call Celine and i'm going to make all put all this into motion yes so do do i fully believe that even though he's losing edda he was not going to settle for Celine. I feel like he was going and going to give her closure. Like, yeah, I don't think he was going to tell her that he loves her or anything like mm-hmm. that. I do think he was going to go meet her. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I do too. But I think it was even though he wa- he just watched Edda leave and he could be like, well, I guess I could be with her now since I can't have Edda. Right. I think it was a matter of, okay, this part is closed off, but now – now I know more than ever, I really don't want Saline like that. That door yeah. has been closed for a long time, but I need to actually close it. Like, yeah. So that she understands too. And I think yeah. that's what he was headed to do. Because either way, he needed to give her an answer. Mm-hmm. So she pieces out of her own wedding rehearsal. And then Farid comes and he's like, where are you, Celine? And he calls and, and calls and he's really upset. Uh-huh. I wrote, Farid can't find Celine. Shoke, shoke, shoke. Yeah. <laughs> So she's waiting at a restaurant for him, and she's waiting and waiting and waiting and well, waiting. And I wrote stupid Celine waiting, but then I thought, well, yes, stupid, but also hopeful thanks to Edda. Like, right? Maybe yeah. I guess if someone had told me, hey, by the way, I was faking this relationship the whole time just for your benefit, and then the person 
uh, calls me and is like, can we meet? I'm mm-hmm. like, I'd like to think I would be like, no, screw you. But maybe I would be like, oh my gosh, he's finally going to tell me. He's finally going to share that he loves me and I'm willing to sit around and wait for that. Like, yeah. I hate this because I, I go from hating her to being like, I can't fully hate her. Like, <laughs> Right. Right. Well, she's a very human character. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. And I I think that's – I like that she's not 100% a villain. Yes. I actually like that. I do too. Because she's much more complex. Yes. Because it's the frustrating. is complex. Right. Yeah. And it's frustrating because you can't just hate her the way we could hate Khan. You, you know, yes. like – so, and I like – as much as I get frustrated with it, I also like that. I like that I go back and forth with her like, crap, like you're being so stupid right now or you're being selfish or you're being mean mm-hmm. or vindictive. But then also like you also sat around and waited three years for this guy to figure all this crap out that you're seeing him figure out in 18 days with yes. this woman. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I- I'm going to mention this first so uh-huh. that we can – do everything in one go. Okay. <laughs> because Aidan and Safi call Celine as she's waiting there. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, he's not here. Right. Um, and Safi, Safi for sure knows where he is. I Safi has this like <laughs> look of victory on his face that I am just like, I love you forever, Safi Bay. I love it. So that happened. But bef- technically before that happened um, – Serkan is on his way to go talk to Celine, mm-hmm. and he's driving, and he turns on the radio, mm-hmm. and Sanchal Kapama comes on the radio. Oh. Now, this was so interesting because mm-hmm. he turns on the radio. He hears that song. He immediately turns it off. Yep. He waits a second. Yep. And he turns it back on. Uh-huh. He sure and does. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So then he pulls out the note that he taped back together. Gosh, that makes it so much better. They so much better, right? <laughs> and what the note says is, look at me not with your eyes, but with, but your, with heart. your heart. That's from the little prince. Yep, it sure is. I was like, oh my gosh. I put So then <laughs> I wrote Wait, that's from The Little Prince. How many times can I possibly die in one volume? Because I think I've hit a record here. I mean, I mean. <laughs> then he remembers. He remembers telling her The to medicine say. fog has lifted and he is, yes, remembering things that happened the night before, the fact that she laid with him, the fact that he told her he would go to Italy with her. Uh-huh, that he would go anywhere with her. Yes. And he realizes, yeah, maybe I said that in a medicine fog, but I freaking meant it. Yes. And then right as he's realizing it, I love it because the line that plays for the song is, mm-hmm. what would happen if you knocked on my door? And Ooh. he turns and the he car turns around. the car around, you guys. And then he's driving behind this taxi and oh he my starts honking. And Edda is like, will you never stop haunting me? Uh-huh. She's like, oh my gosh. And she's upset. And of course she's upset. I would right. be upset. I'm like, right. I'm trying to leave you in my past. Can you just leave and me alone? she's telling the taxi guy, keep driving, keep driving. And he's like, well, he's being crazy. And finally yeah, she's like, pull I over. I want to get in an accident. Yes. So she, so they pull over. <laughs> oh my gosh and she's like what are you doing mm-hmm. <laughs> of course and Serkan, he's all business mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like 
Brother, I'm sorry. There's been a misunderstanding. This lady is my fiance. And she's like, I am not his fiance. And he's like, yes, she is. And he's like, here, he tries to like shove money at him. Just no, go. Please, you can go. You can go. Now, props to this taxi driver for saying, yes. uh, I'll go if the lady says I can go. Yes. Like, bravo. Uh-huh. And she's like, no, stay. And he's like, tell him to go. And she's like, fine. Tell mom. She's like, you can go. And he's like, let's get the suitcase. And do you notice it's like this like dinosaur, like little kid carry-on? Yes. It's so he, <laughs> he said this, I was dying. Cause it's a super intense moment. And everybody's like like squeezing everything together as this is happening. And then he goes, Oh, what's inside? Are your flip-flops in here? <laughs> oh my gosh. And she's like, I'm going crazy. I'm really going crazy. I'm going crazy. I'm late for my flight. And he's like, I'll send you on a private plane. And she's like, what else do you want from me? And yeah. he says, I want to talk. And she's like, well, I'm going crazy. What in the world could you want to talk about? Why won't you leave me alone? And he says, I won't let you go, Edda. Oh, my gosh. And she says, you will. She's just (laughs) done at this point. And he's like – she's over it. She's like, we've talked – we've had the opportunity to mm -hmm, talk a million mm -hmm. times. And now you want to talk? Uh-huh. And he's all, hire. And she says, listen, yeter, yeter. I'm tired. Yeah. And she's like, I'm fed up. up. Don't you understand? And she's like, her eyes are full of tears. I know. She's very upset. And he's like, oh, are you fed up? Uh You? I am tired of this. I can assure you, you're always on my mind. Always. Always. He says, you're always on my mind. You're constantly in my head. You've completely taken over my life. I'm tired, Edda. And she's like, then just go away. <laughs> Do you understand? Geet. And I love it because he he gets this like he gets this all of a sudden this like calm demeanor yes. and he says, I'm not leaving. And she Eat says, me. Mm-hmm. And she says, Go away. And he says, I'm not leaving. She says, You were going to Celine anyways. Go to her. Mm-hmm. And he says, I didn't go. I couldn't. And he's got this little smile on his face. Yes, he does. And she's like, why am I even asking you this? Do what you want. I'm leaving. Yeah. Okay. Now, after this, why don't we let them speak for themselves? Ah! <laughs> and let's 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 listen to that scene again. Okay. Eda, gitme. Gideceğim Serkan. Gitme Eda. Bana kalmam için tek bir sebep söyle Serkan. Tek bir sebep. Sana deli gibi aşık oldum. Okay, so <gülüyor> you guys, he oh freaking gosh. told her he loved her. He flat out says uh don't go don't oh. go he tells her twice get he me he tells does. her twice twice and these are words he could not get out for the last yep. 11 episodes yep and she but turns that around drive the note the song all the pieces it was like something clicked yes. in Serkan's head and he was finally able to 
out with it. And yes. uh, like I said, I feel like this episode, it was all the buildup. It was like little by little by little of him yes. being able to say these things. I won't let you go. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to end. This doesn't have to finish. Don't make me say goodbye. Yes. And <gasps> I, you know, and I love it because when she's like, fine, give me one reason. And then, you know, he out with it because I – sure gives her a reason. Because I fell madly in love with you and then grabs her face and they kiss. And oh my gosh. Okay. So after that kiss, I cracked up because I'm like, was this just like a Karem thing and they just kept it? Because they kind of do this close-up of their faces. Oh, But he makes this like turtle face like, "Mm mm-hmm, that was Uh. just as good as I knew it would have been. Like (laughs) – it was just so funny because it was just this funny little face in this otherwise very funny. emotional moment. But other than that, like, she's looking at him with, mm-hmm. you know, pardon the pun, but with stars in her eyes. And yeah. he is looking at her. Now, he looks at her and it looks like something dawns on him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what you meant by looking with your heart and not with your eyes because – that makes sense. I think he's seeing for the first time that the – How she the, looks at him. Yes. The love in her eyes is mm-hmm. not the love she shows everybody else just because yep. of who she is. Like this is reserved for him. And I yep. think he sees it and is like, whoa. Yeah. And of course, the episode ends here, which yes. was pure perfection. It wasn't a dream. Oh and it was just – and, you know, I watched this live and many of you saw my reaction because I just happened to have my camera open at the time and I clicked the video right as he said, um, you know, that he was in love with her. And mm-hmm. it's just like a little five-second thing of me squealing. But he, you guys seemed to really enjoy it because I was not anticipating on that going all over several pages of – Twitter and Instagram. Aisha even liked my video tweet of it. And I was like, she saw me like squealing and um, excited over this uh, plot, which just made me very happy for some reason because it's Aisha. Um, But yeah, so this was so good. And then, of course, when you finally watched it, Mm -hmm. you posted how you felt and people were like, all over Instagram, just loving it. Um, I, I I don't know as as frustrating as it was to get here, mm-hmm. as angsty as it was, which you know I love angst because of the payoff. But I don't think it really could have gone any other way. This just felt so Sarkon because, like you said, like he was slowly building up to okay, I'm dropping this little breadcrumb here and saying this. I'm dropping this breadcrumb here and saying that. Till finally he just had to spill the rest of what's inside of him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I And did you notice I wrote, he literally, I was like, he knocked on her door. Because do you notice it sounds just like a doorbell with the music they chose? It, it sounds does. just like a doorbell as he's saying, I fell madly in love with you. And I felt like that was done very on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ugh. It was great. It was, it was so great. great. I yeah, this episode is just perfection. I other than the little dark cloud we have looming that we know is going to come and, you know, everything's going to hit the fan. Aside mm-hmm. from that, if we stick a pin in that, um that yeah, this is just everything I love about a romance. Like, yep. Yeah, so good. Um so I have a couple listener messages that just have some interesting – some of them don't necessarily pertain to this episode exactly, but 
Um, I thought they were interesting. And one is from um, – one's from Liel, <laughs> whose name I think I am finally saying right. And uh, since I practiced after the last time I said it completely huh. wrong. And she just sent us um, some information on floriography, the language of flowers. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read it because I, I was like, this is just very interesting, obviously, for the whole idea and theme of this show. Uh, it says, is a means of cryptological communication through the use or arrangement of flowers. Meaning has been attributed to flowers for thousands of years, and some form of floriography has been practiced in traditional cultures throughout Europe, Asia, and Africa. Interest in floriography soared in Victorian England and the United States during the 19th century. Gifts of blooms, plants, and specific floral arrangements were used to send a coded message to the recipient, allowing the sender to express feelings that could not be spoken aloud in Victorian society. Hmm. According to Jane uh, Alcock, grounds and garden supervisor at the uh, Walled Gardens of Cannington, the renewed Victorian era interest in the language of flowers find its roots in Ottoman Turkey. Specifically, the court of Const- – how do you say this? Constant- Constantin- Constantine? Constantinople? Yes, thank you. Constantinople. Thank you. Um, and purple lilac symbolizes first love in the language of flowers. And orchid, which is Celine's favorite flower, symbolizes delicate beauty. Um, so I just thought that was a cool little piece of um, knowledge. Yeah. By the way, I have mm-hmm. to say a big, huge thank you to Kalena because I got a birthday gift from her <gasps> and it is this beautiful, beautiful book that's all about the language of flowers. <gasps> Stop it. It's amazing. And I've already started like pouring over it. I read the whole thing on roses and Aww. it's it's like beautifully illustrated. It's it's amazing. <laughs> and oh. when I opened it, I was so excited. <laughs> oh, I love that. So I'll be using that for research, I'm <gasps> sure, in the future. Good. So oh thank my gosh. You, Kalena, I love you. What a really good gift. I know. Oh, I love it. Um, so then we got a theory um on Instagram, and I am just gonna say your username because I'm not sure of your first name, but username is uh Kirthin. <laughs> I'm probably gonna mess this up. Kirtha Nakathis. Sorry if I totally butchered that. Uh but they write in and say, hello, huge fan of your podcast. Tune in every week. Um, I want to submit a theory. And it goes off of Ferit's words to Eda at the cabin. He tells her that he he won't forget her kindness. And I don't think that this is a throwaway line, meaning her kindness in like not telling Serkan about the whole uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dro- dropping of the uh, contract to Khan and all that. Yes. So she says, I think now that Federic knows that the holding has been involved in some not so good business, he might dig deeper into the story that he uncovered, especially if he finds out that Celine nearly left him on their wedding day for Sercon. I think that with the intent to ruin the company, Ferit looks into what happened during this building collapse and discovers that two people were killed. And when he digs deeper, he finds the connection that it has to Edda. Okay. Except he remembers her kindness, and so he doesn't use this against the holding, but takes it to her and says, there's something you need to do. Hmm. She's like, we all expect a huge breakup to eventually arrive that causes Edda to leave for Italy, and I think this will be it, and the catalyst of it will be Farid. I could see that. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and great job on the podcast. Um, 
And then she just said, and I was going to touch on this, but she said, also, you probably already noticed this, but in the fragment for 12, it looks like Sarah Khan has a star named after Edda and that it's a certificate she's holding in her hands, crying face emoji. Uh, <laughs> Sarah Khan Bay is so adorable when he's in love. And yes, so definitely I think he bought her a star. I agree if you guys have watched the fragments. Um, now, I don't. No, I believe she wrote this before the second fragment came out. And the second fragment seems that Alptekin has uncovered exactly who it was that was killed. Okay. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be the one to reveal it to Edda. He could continue to keep this a secret because yeah. he sees how in love his son is. Right. Um, and what uh, – I like I said, I know this is coming. I'm predicting episode 15. But um, like when it all comes out, I just want it – I don't want it to be – her overhearing someone talking about it. I don't want it to be um, – I don't want it to be Sarah Khan found out and then kept it from her because he wanted to find the right time to tell her and then she finds out that he knew about it. I just want it to be that Sarah Khan finds out whether it's on his own, from his dad, Ferry, something, and he just straight up goes to Edda with it even though it's going to kill him, even though he'll probably be crying when he tells her like – I don't know. I just – it's – I already feel like it's such a big, huge bomb to drop that we don't need it to be discovered in an explosive way as well. Like, Right. But you just don't know. So yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, let's bask in the gloriousness of this episode. And even though obviously we're going to have some eh stuff next episode, I think next episode is going to be really good. Like, Yeah, I think so I too. am very hopeful for all the scenes that we got to see in the first fragment. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm ready to see Serkan, not just Serkan in love, but Serkan not denying that he's in love. Yep. And what that's going to look like. So. Yeah. Um, It'll be great. Yeah. So. I so, have to get to work. <laughs> okay. So. Thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in. This is definitely our longest episode yet, but that's no shock. Um, so, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you guys all for the kind messages and uh, comments and things over the week. Thank you for everyone who has been, like, eagerly awaiting this episode and just couldn't wait and was asking when it was coming out. You guys are awesome. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, we will be back. Um, we'll be back in a few days with Bayanlish Volume 13. And, uh of course, anyone who wants to join in the live watch for volume 12 of Sinchal Kapama, I'll see you guys on uh, Twitter come Wednesday. So uh, until next time, good to shoot us. Host Chakal.